0: Leading Britain's conversation, you're listening to a podcast of the Steve Allen Show from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. So Angela Merkel, Angela. Why it's Angela? Can't you? What is the matter with these people? It says Angela. It's like oh, this says Grand Prix. No, it doesn't. It says Grand Prix. I mean, why can't people read things properly? Drives me mad. Strictly get the biggest audience. Which, of course, is understandable because people, you know, it's the, it's the start of it as well. Uh, the woman who goes to strangers' funerals and nicks their food. I don't want to say anything at all. I have nothing to say. I've got an appointment to make. Yeah, you've got to go and nick more food, I should imagine. Frank Bruno says it's the last straw. The travellers on either side of him are now nicking his water. How does that happen? 30,000 flee the volcano in Bali. Get out! Run! Go! They've said there's a nine-kilometre exclusion zone. Mind you, over in Italy, they've got one about to blow as well. Uh, You've got three weeks to spend your old pound coins. And goodbye to the rude girl. Her five seconds of fame is just about over. Surgery staff and the world's richest woman who's died. All of that and more this morning. Woo! Big up, everybody. Big up, everybody, because it's payday and you should have been paid, so if you were in debt... At least you can reduce the debt a little bit. It was interesting, actually, listening to people sort of, you know, pulling some bloke who quite clearly is not of the planet, I'm afraid, pulling, pulling Darren apart because Darren has sort of said, you know, I, do, I don't regret going into debt. I don't regret. Why would you? Why would you? I thought this person was a bit simple, actually. They weren't really the full ticket. So I was listening to somebody pulling Darren apart. Darren saying, listen, I don't have any regrets about it. You know, it just happened. That's the way of the world. Everybody gets into debt at some point. Unless you're independently rich. I got into debt years ago. Not for many, not for 30 plus years now. I wouldn't dream of it. I'm really good. You know why? Because I've got somebody there who does it all for me. I don't need to worry about it. Somebody who saves my money, somebody who puts it into the right account. So, oh, yeah, it's, it's, you, you need that. If somebody just gives you your money at the end of each month and says, there, there it is, go and spend it. You're going to go and spend it. I've got a friend of mine who sort of saves, sort of, but then he goes, if I really want to buy something, I'll go and buy it. He said, and I think, oh, sod it, I don't really care. And I said, well, I, I used to be like that. I'm not really like that now. I mean, i I always, we went out to a casino the other day. I was in town, when was I in town? Oh, yeah, Saturday I came into town for lunch. And then after we'd had lunch at Joe Allen's, which was lovely, and we then sort of took a wander about and we nipped into the hippodrome. And I, I said, I tell you, I'm just going to have a, a couple of quick bets. So I took £100 out of the machine, because it only dispenses £50 notes, which is very, you could only, I think 50 is the minimum, so I took 100 And we went onto one of the tables, it was £10 a thing, which is not normally what I would do, but, you know, you cast caution to the wind. And I put £50 on red. Black. And I uh, said, so I thought, right, I'll do another 50 quid, So I put another 50 quid, red. Black. <laughs> so we came out. <laughs> because I'd done the money. I'd done the money. I wasn't going to hang around. I'm not stupid enough to hang around and sort of do it. And I could afford to lose £100. I could afford to lose £100. It's a simple, never ever gamble more then you can afford to lose. And I could afford to lose 100 and never listen to Steve Allen's betting tips. He's absolute rubbish. But that was what it was... To, it, that red and black is based on a bloke who went to Vegas from Britain years ago. In fact, Anton Dex's programme, Red or Black, was based on the bloke who sold everything, his house, the whole lot, went over there and put it all on red. And he won. But that's the gamble. Millions of other people put it on black and would have lost, you know, so that's the way it goes. So we walked out. I didn't have any problem with it whatsoever. I laughed, we walked out. I didn't go out and go, Oh, just lost a hundred pounds you know, which is probably like some people would do. You know, they go, Oh, you know you know, you should you should be more responsible with money. Mind your own business, beaky. Keep your nose out of other people's affairs. You know, it's people sort of more worried about what other people do as opposed to themselves. Look more closely in the mirror and you'll see where the big problem is. Uh, the Madeleine police need more cash. We're not gonna give it, are we? 11 million, how much more do we keep? We just keep going, I suppose. Uh, also, um, Ed Sheeran. He's going to do an American stadium tour next year. And uh, it could net him 75 million. You know, which is, which is not bad for a little bloke with a guitar. A little unattractive bloke with a guitar. A little unattractive bloke with glasses and a guitar. But 75 million. That's how much you can make if you decide to go to tour America. It's hard work. That's why not many people make it over there. So I don't begrudge him anything like that at all. Somebody wrote to me ages ago and said, oh, you're obviously very jealous of people with money. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, also, uh, three weeks to spend your old pound coins. I keep finding them. I keep finding old pound coins. So I'm passing them on to people as quick as possible. Uh, Megan went to Harry's Invictus Games, but didn't sit with him for some reason. Was it not an available seat. Perhaps he didn't buy one or something because there were quite a few seats available. And, uh, and she sat over here and he sat over there. Perhaps they're playing with the British press. Let's wind them up or something. I don't know. Six hundred and fifty thousand people back Uber, as the taxi firm seeks dialogue. They're they're going to retain the license. I'm telling you now, Uber will take the will take TfL to court, and they'll have them done on racist grounds. I promise you, that's how it will be. They'll go look at all these drivers. 40,000 drivers, they will make sure that they're still allowed to drive Uber cabs. And also, even if they're not, it's going to be two years before anything is going to happen. It's as simple as that. Uh, the nuns are planning to build a memorial for all the dead children. A bit bloody late, if you ask me. Excuse my French. You know, this happened ages ago. They were burying them all. Children who died of natural causes. Nobody ever thought there. They were so stuck firmly up their own cassocks. They didn't even think about building a memorial to these poor children. Uh, Lewis Hamilton. Oh, dear, what was he wearing? He turned up in another one of those campy, campy outfits. Do you think that somebody's having a joke with him and he doesn't quite get the gag? Uh, also, the skin cream that could grow on you. Ola Jordan's coming back. It's a bit unfortunate. And having told you about the volcano in Bali, which could go any minute, there's another one under Italy. And I can't remember where it is. Where under Italy is it? It's, I know it's, it's not Tripoli. is it? Somewhere, wherever it is... About a million and a half people are at risk from this Italian volcano, which is uh, which is looking ever nearer, blowing its top. The one in Bali has literally got to be minutes away. I think I don't I don't think it's too far away from actually blowing. And so they've said, don't get near it. This is the one here. That's right. This is uh, near Naples. Uh, it's been dormant since the 80s, but it's awakened from the decade. They all say that, don't they? It's been asleep the volcano it doesn't go to sleep let's not be really stupid but uh it did have activity in the 80s but it didn't erupt seismologists fear a magma flow could trigger an eruption because they think it's pushing up nearer to the surface once it gets there into the upper chamber that's when it go and so naples is where it's near a million and a half people in naples could be a affa- you could see the volcano and you can see naples and they're kind of close the one thing that would get people would be the pyroclastic cloud, which would come out of the top. I think volcanoes are fascinating. I really do. I mean, I, The things that go on under, I mean, as far as I know, there aren't any volcanoes in Leicester Square. As far as I know. But, you know, They might go, we just found a volcano in Leicester Square. That would be very exciting. But when, when they do blow, you get little bits and pieces and the seismologists go, whoops, going to go, going to go, get out. And there's people who live all the way around the base of it. Because if it's not, nothing's happened for ages and ages. They go, it's dormant. But I always think it's the sleeping giant. I think it's, it's the fact that it could blow any time soon. And with it comes the pyroclastic cloud and tonnes and hundreds of millions of tonnes of, of molten rock go down the mountainside, you know, and it swallows everything. You know, houses, buildings, they just all just disappear. It's it's even worse than tsunamis, and I don't think it gets any worse than, than tsunamis. Um, the headmistress in all the papers today just stopped calling kids at an all-girls school girls. Don't know what she calls them, but she doesn't call them girls anymore. We've gone PC mad, haven't we? I'm sorry, you're not allowed to call somebody that. No, you can't call somebody that. Well, what what do we call them? Well, they are, I don't know, people of the universe or something. Pupils. So, hello, pupil, come here. As opposed to, oi, girly, here, now. You know, all this sort of pupils. Perhaps we'll have to, you know, perhaps perhaps it works all over the place, doesn't it? I can't remember what I was called at school. I think the the, the, the teacher used to go, you boy, you, pointing at me. It's always me. I'm always the one in trouble. You boy, come here. Yes, sir? Come here, <coughs> and you never complained about being whacked around the head or anything like that. I used to get the cane, not a lot because it blooming well hurt. And you'd go to the headmaster's study. You'd be standing outside there thinking, "I wasn't a naughty boy, no, not intentionally naughty boy. People made me naughty. They encouraged me to be naughty. I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't in trouble all the time. I was very popular at school. In fact, I've been very popular throughout my entire life." <laughs> Except here. And um, and so I sort of I, I did get the cane on a few occasions. You would go back and you would have to show the boys in your dormitory the marks on your bottom. Because, you know, if you've if you got six of the best, I don't know why they called it the best. It blooming well hurt. There was nothing good about it at all. Nowadays, they don't they don't give you the cane. They're not allowed to. But in my day, they could give you the cane. It was good. It was good. It showed some discipline and made you appreciate things. That's why you've got feral children all over the place at the moment. Nobody ever touches them. Which is a big shame, I think. The schools must be going, oh, goodness me. What have we got to sort out? Uh, Also, the Grenfell dead. They're still awaiting burial of many people, which is not good. Katie Price admitted on tour she hasn't been wearing knickers. Oh, dear, honestly. How to scrape the U-Bend for poor old Katie Price, who's always wrong now, isn't she? The Pricey is not always righty. In fact, most of the time, she's wrong. She's now started telling people on tour who rates better in bed. Certainly wouldn't be her, would it? Cold fish pricey. The one who's got no talent in the bedroom department at all. Just because you're a glamour model, dear, does not mean you've got a trick pelvis. And in your case, definitely not. Hitler's pants went for just under £5,000. He'd moved into a hotel, sent them off to be laundered, came back. By that time, he'd moved out. So they saved them. They were wrapped in tissue paper. They've held them for about 17, 90 years or something like that. And, and then the, I think the owner of the hotel decided to put them up for sale. 5000 quid. But mind you, all sorts of people's pants go up for sale. Victoria's knickers went up for sale, didn't they? People bought Victoria's knickers. Why? I've got no idea. Suppose the kids needed a tent in the garden. Uh, the reptile and the death probe. I'm always scared of um, of snakes. I'm scared of anything. Komodo dragons, who seem to salivate and drip. And oh God, it's vile. And um, and more of an update on the on the operation, which is happening this week. So skin graft and sewing taking part on Wednesday this week, so I'll tell you about that in, in a moment. Plus, poor old Frank Bruno, Kidman and Cruz's daughter looking for a house in Croydon, which is not so good, is it? And uh, end of the queues, there's a shopping checkout app. What a brilliant idea. What a brilliant idea. I know most people hate going through the automatic checkouts in the supermarkets. I quite like it, but if it goes wrong, you're completely screwed, aren't you? You have to go, excuse me. Yeah, I like the idea of not having to talk to somebody. People talking to you on the till. It happens all the time to me in Marks and Spencers. I don't mind that so much. But going in a strange supermarket, I don't want people talking to me. You know, not not that kind of thing at all.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, you're pretty nice to be company. 18
1: minutes past. Oh, I got something for you today. Oh. Oh, have I got something for you today? I don't I don't want to say. Do you remember last week? Last week we we were making some money for Make Some Noise. And as an incentive, um, you all go into the prize draw for that fabulous holiday to New York. Well, I've got something similar to run this week, but I'm not sending you to New York. I'm sending you somewhere completely different, completely different. Uh, If I tell you there's food and drink and dancing and... Oh, we're sending you to Streatham. <laughs> no, I promise you not. We're sending you somewhere really nice, really nice. So I'll tell you about that a little bit later on. We take all your texts and emails on the programme, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. I'm not interested in people going into debt. That was what Darren did earlier on. I was amazed, actually, at how people would sort of pick it for going into debt. Yeah, I thought he was very honest about it. And why people are very odd people about, aren't they, nowadays? Mind you, we know that because we open up the papers every day and read about odd people. And sort of people sort of saying... Um, Oh, so you went into debt and you thought it was funny. That's what. That's the what. That I laughed. I laughed. I thought, of course he did. Of course he did because it was his 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 problem, his mistake. It's got nothing to do with anybody else. Mind your own business, Beaky. Keep your nose out. Uh, what else we got? Oh, this strange woman who goes to strangers' funerals. She's been doing it for fourteen years. They can't keep her out. And then she goes in and nicks food and takes it home and puts it in the freezer. This, she's quite clearly not the not the full ticket. Uh, also, ca- uh, Jeremy Corbyn vows to halt the credit card rate ripoff. Because, you know, when you look at the interest rates in this country and then you look at some of these loan companies, you know, 6,700 percent interest. You think you'd have to be mad to go for something like that, even on a normal credit card. The interest rate. That's why I pay mine off every month. Everything that's on the credit card gets paid off. I'm not I'm not risking it. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So Corbyn has vowed to halt the credit card rate ripoffs. Perhaps he can do something about these payday companies. You know, 6,000... I mean, it seems quite normal to have 3,000%. I mean, I just can't believe... What sort of... Se- why is it that the poorest in the nation get ripped off the most? That's the people who get ripped off the most, isn't it, when they, when they sort of go out there. I had a very nice time over this weekend. I was sort of... I went to the National Theatre on Friday to see Follies, which I last saw in about 1987, I think, uh, with Eartha Kitt. I walked out with Eartha uh, Kitt. We walked through Covent Garden together, Eartha Kitt and me, and I kept thinking, Fluminak, it's Eartha Kitt. And uh, Julie McKenzie was in it, and, uh, oh, there was all sorts of people. So the National Theatre Production with Imelda Staunton and uh, some really, Tracy Bennett, I mean, some really wonderful people. Big company, uh, big orchestra, uh, packed house. It's sold out for the entire run. You cannot beat it. Oh, a payday loan's capped at 200%. What are those other ones, then? They're not payday loans. Are there all sorts of different ones, then? Oh, God. You see, I always think, though, So a payday loan is where you borrow money until you get paid on payday... So, in other words, your money comes in and then it goes on the payday loan. Oh, dear. And it's still 200%. See, I think that's outrageous. I'm sorry, I think that's just ridiculous amount of money. I don't, you know, it's... You know, I've... Uh, I have been in debt before. It's not something I'm proud of, but on the other hand, I'm not ashamed of it. I couldn't really give a toss either way. You know, I paid it back. I didn't, I'm not like one of these people on the television who sort of gets it cancelled by somebody. No, I, I paid all mine off. That's what you did in the early days. Nowadays, you know, they go, oh, just declare yourself bankrupt. Go sit your two fingers up. So all these celebrities, of which there have been many including Kerry Toner, Joe Swash, they've all done it, Declare themselves bankrupt. It's basically sticking two fingers up to you going, I've earned all this money, but if you think I'm paying tax on it, you can do one. And so they don't bother. I think Kerry toner has been bankrupt twice. Twice. It's a case of, so you've earned money, darling, you really can't be fag, can you, to pay tax like the rest of the country. And you think you're going to get respect from us? Think again. Think again. But uh, it is a problem for some people. They literally survive hand to mouth. I did it for a few months where... I was I was in debt, my money came in, the bank took most of it and then gave me an allowance. And I didn't think, you know, I just sort of cut back. I didn't run a car. I was getting the bus, I was getting public transport. I didn't, I didn't think about it. I just sort of, I just got on with it. Some people now, they bleat about it and go on television programmes where they go, you know, in debt, you know, the bailiffs are coming round kind of thing. So the bailiffs turn up. People go, I haven't got any money. They we go, well, we're going to take your computer. Well, I haven't got any money, have I? And that's what that's that's the people's laxadaisical attitude nowadays. You know, it makes me laugh. You get people who go into business who quite clearly are rubbish at business. You know, it's not a case if, if if you fail at business, it's because you haven't checked out what's actually going on in your area. That's that's the thing nowadays. So in other words, we might have a business open in Twickenham. I can only talk about Twickenham. I don't know any other areas. And you have you have the business open up, and you think, why have you opened that up? That's not going to work. We had um, a frozen yogurt shop opening. But it was about four quid a scoop. I thought, you're not going to survive. The local people of Twickenham, they might go there maybe once every two weeks. You can't take kids in there all the time and get them to, to spend that sort of money on frozen yoghurt. So that, that one lasted a very short space of time. We've had cafes open up and close down, left, right and centre. Restaurants open up, close down. Because people don't go out every night of the week. It's not Italy. It's not Eastern Europe. You know, we don't go out all the time. We might go out once every few times. And then all of a sudden, the landlord puts the rent up, so the business goes out. And, uh, and what do we end up with? Another bloody charity shop. We've got more charity shops than anything else. They're the only ones that survive. Because they don't pay the full rates. They, they get their windows cleaned for free. And everybody donates the stuff that they sell. Apart from the few things that they buy in, like the Christmas cards and little boxes and stupid things like that. But that's why we've got so many charity shops in Twickenham, because people give them all the stuff. It's like if you owned a restaurant and people donated all the food, same kind of thing. So we do see places open and close. We've had supermarkets open and close, little ones that you maybe haven't heard of. And that's it. So when people go, oh, I opened up and then I sort of lost, you know, £150,000, you think that's because you're not very good at business. You know, you've got to do your homework when it comes to a business. It's like somebody opening up most of the coffee shops. If you're opening a coffee shop, you're going to find it quite difficult to compete with them because it makes no difference in Starbucks, Costa, Nero's and all the other ones whether they get customers in because it's all hinged on all of them. So it makes no difference. Our one could be empty every day of the week. They'd still keep it open on the high street. Have you ever seen the Starbucks closed? Ever seen a Nero close or, you know, Coffee Republic or all these other places? No, of course they don't, because it's all based on the whole group. So they're not going to, it doesn't make any difference. Makes no difference at all. They're making profit. They're not paying tax. 90% of these these people, they seem to have sort of rejigged things. So the money goes back in again because it's reinvestment. I don't know. I get confused with the whole thing. All I know is I've never seen one go under yet. You know, closed due to lack of business. I don't think so. You know, we have, we used to have a McDonald's. But that went because, you know, that didn't do so well. But uh, we have a local college and all the students there love Kentucky Fried Chicken. So the Kentucky Fried Chicken does really well. I mean, I wouldn't like to imagine what they're turning over. It must be a fortune. But when the college is closed for the winter months, Kentucky Fried Chicken deserted. Completely deserted. But it manages to make enough money. It's like the pubs. You know, we've lost, lost more pubs in Twickenham. Because the only time you can guarantee you're making money is on the rugby days. And it's such a short season that they have to make as much money as possible. But it's very difficult for anybody to go out there and go, I think I'll open up a shop. We've had hat shops close, we've had clothing shops close, because people go to the charity shops. We had one bloke and he'd opened a hat shop and I bought a couple of hats from him and I thought, you're not going to survive. We had a kitchen shop that opened on the side of a chemist. Now I know that the rent on the chemist was fifty thousand a year. That was just that was even before you'd paid business rates. That was just the rent. And so eventually the chemists moved to somewhere cheaper where it was £26,000 a year. I know all these facts and figures because I'm that kind of person. And also we have Twickerati, which tells you what's going on in the local area and who's doing what and what's happening and this is opening. look. So we're having a Nando's opening in Twicken, but it's going to be a new Nando's. It's where a very successful Indian restaurant was that had all sorts of plaudits. But obviously either the landlord put the rent up and they went, we can't afford it uh, or they got a better offer. And um, and so Nando's are in there now and we'll have Nando's on the high street, which is great. We've got a fish shop. You know, we've got certain shops that do very well in Twickenham, like Paul Cooper's got fruit and veg shop. You don't see fruit and veg shops now. People go to the supermarket, they buy it all. This is, you know, I dare to say it, it's harking back to a better time where you went in there and you picked your own fruit out. It's not like some of these. Pl- I went to a place in Staines ages ago, years ago. And they had all the fruit and it looked lovely. It was all shiny and everything else. I said, oh, I'll have six of those apples. They go to the back of the stall and get the... No, I don't want those. I want these ones here. You go to Paul Cooper's shop, you pick out what you want. People stand there going, do I help myself? You go, yeah, you pick out whatever you want. If you don't like the look of that tomato, pick out another tomato. I said, that works really well. The fish shop, Sandy's, does tremendously well. Because it's it's fresh fish every day. It's unheard of. It's unheard of. Most of the stuff comes in... You know, to the big supermarkets, it comes in in huge container lorries and everything else. Sandy's fresh every day. Christmas, he he sells more turkeys than all the supermarkets put together. There's a queue up the high street. There can be 200 people queuing every day over Christmas to buy these Norfolk bronze turkeys, which are like 100 quid each plus. You know, but he sells more of them. We had a butcher shop, that's now an, an independent coffee shop. We said we're obsessed with coffee, obsessed with coffee in Twickenham. But it's, it's quite a nice little area. We've got, little, we've got Church Street and little bits and pieces. And people like it because you're well-serviced. They're building us a new station, about blooming time. We've pumped enough money into the old one, thank you very much indeed. So we're getting all this stuff, and it's, and it's nice. But if you're setting up a business nowadays, you've really got to look in the area. It's no good setting up sort of, you know, a coffee shop next to a Starbucks because you're going to push for it. You know, they, they don't care if they wipe you off the face of the earth, but they're, you know, they're not going to be worried about any competition you're going to bring to the table. You know, we've got a post office, you know, but they all have to diversify. So they do post office, plus they sell magazines and suites and you can get pencils and stuff like that. You know, we've got all sorts of things. We had a ladies clothing shop that way under. Now it's one of these shops where kids go in and spend sixpence on a, on a few sort of little toys. So areas change. Mary Porter's was talking about changing the high street and trying to fill up. Well, I don't think we have that many empty shops. I think we've probably got about two or three empty shops, which is not bad, It's not bad. It's sort of, it does change, not on a regular basis, but it does change the high street. And I don't mind that. I think that's actually sort of healthy, healthy competition. But uh, if you're one of those people who's got yourself into debt, the one thing you should do is talk to somebody. The one thing the banks hate and all the other people who lend is people who just ignore them. So if they write to you, I know it's difficult. Believe you me, I know it's difficult. I used to get letters from the bank and go... I'm not going to read that one. I know what that's going to say. They're going to say, would you like to please give me a ring on this number here? I remember the bank manager, Mr. Minard. I can always... I never liked him. I never liked him. I don't think he liked me either. Because I was in debt. But actually, I don't know why they were complaining about it. Because banks make money out of people like me. That's how they survive. If everybody was sort of not in debt, the banks would close. They need you to be in debt. They want you to be in debt. They're begging you to take a loan out. Begging you, because that's how they make their money. Told you, one year I never got a Christmas card from the bank. And I phoned out my mate Steve and I said, why didn't I get a Christmas card? And he said, because I haven't borrowed any money. I said, oh, right. He said, you don't get a Christmas card if you don't borrow money. So I decided I could forego having a Christmas card. <laughs> so I, d- I didn't bother. I always get one from the car company every year. And then having changed the car anyway, that's, uh, you know... <laughs> It's one of those things, isn't it? So if you're one of those people who's getting letters from the bank or you're getting them from sort of people you borrowed money from, do respond to them. If you need advice, go to the Citizens Advice Bureau. They can advise you in money. As they always used to say, if you're four grand in debt, it's your problem and their bonus. If you're four million pounds in debt, that's their problem. They're the ones who lent it to you in the first place. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. have only 26 minutes to five, Leslie wrote to me and said, Is it possible to be half Jewish? And then Michael wrote to me and said, No, you can't be half Jewish. You can identify and you can. There's an expression, I forgot what the expression is now. You can. That's right, you have Jewish heritage, but you can't be half Jewish. It's like sort of saying you're half Christian. You can't be. Half Jewish. It's not physically possible to be just half Jewish and not identify with anything. You don't go to synagogue, you don't get married in synagogue, you don't identify with anything at all. But people say, you hear people saying it, don't you? I'm half Jewish. No, you can identify with heritage, but it's not possible. It's like me sort of going, I'm half Christian, and somebody going, what does that mean? The answer is it doesn't mean anything at all. I appreciate Uber more than most, says Kelly. But uh, on the real, they need to get their house in order. Yeah, rather than address the issues raised, they're relying on people raising a petition. No, they're not. No, they're not. The petition was raised totally independently. It's got nothing to do with Uber at all. Get facts right. If you don't get facts right, then I get really angry with people who just sort of come up with claptrap, which they've read on the Internet. No, this was an independent thing. They didn't. Yeah, these are people supporting it. And they're obviously supporting it as well. Of course they are. They don't want to lose their licence, but they won't lose their licence. They won't lose it. I can guarantee that they will do it, that they will end up with their licence back again. And, um, and so they've got 600,000-plus signatures. This, of course, in terms of the mayor, Sadiq Khan, could be fatal, because when it comes to re-voting the mayor, 600,000 people ain't going to be voting for him. And that's why he's all of a sudden started backtracking, saying that uh, it's no good raising anything with me, raise it with Uber. Well, he's the one who's been sort of talking about Uber. Why would I raise it with Uber? I've never been in Uber. I don't know anybody who drives for Uber. I'm sure there are loads of people listening at the moment. It says here, I need an email saying you've heard the concerns raised and you'll actively work to be a better organisation for drivers and riders. You see, this is interesting because I'm assuming that they've made some mistakes. But then black drivers have made mistakes. Black cab drivers have made mistakes as well. We've had black dra- cab drivers who've committed murders and rapes. Why do people think it's only Uber? It really isn't. That's not, you know, let's put the facts on the table if you're going to talk about it. But uh, and also there are other private hire firms. We've had people There are rogue people in every industry, whether they're licensed black cab drivers, licensed minicab drivers, rogue minicab drivers, Uber drivers, you know, and there's 40,000 Uber drivers. I mean, I don't wave a flag for anybody in particular. I'm not, I couldn't really give a toss either way. I just want to get in a vehicle and go from here to there preferably something that is licensed, preferably something where I think the driver's had a check, but I don't know, I don't see anything. You know, whenever you read stories in the papers about things that have gone wrong, quite clearly Uber have made mistakes, but there again, quite clearly everybody's made mistakes. You know, as as if everybody was so perfect. God, I wish they were. Wouldn't it be lovely if people were absolutely perfect about the whole thing? I have no doubt in my mind that Uber will get that licence back again. They will challenge it in the High Court and they will, they will put it through on the grounds of... nobody said to them, listen, if you change... They haven't even given them an opportunity to change anything. They will change it. Yesterday, day before? Friday. What day was that? And I was listening to Bev Turner. Saturday. Saturday? And Bev was talking to various people and... Because a lot of the cab drivers that I've spoken to, the black cab drivers, have said they're losing money through Uber. This black cab driver came on and Bev said to him... Um, so have you seen your earnings go down? He went, no. She went, well, you must be the first. He said, no, there's loads of us. And it turns out that he doesn't rely, and I repeated this the other day, he doesn't rely on people standing by the side of the road going, over here, over here, and you see the orange light and you you hail the cab over. He relies on the apps. He's got, I think, about two or three apps, Halo and things like that. And so he hasn't lost any business at all. I'm thinking, but why doesn't everybody do that? Why doesn't everybody do that? I waited for a cab the other day, as you know. Came out of hospital, nearly the best part of an hour to find a cab with its light on to take me to Waterloo Station. As it turned out, the bloke was a listener anyway, which was good news. But, I mean, it took the best part of an hour to find somebody. At night-time, you stand by the side of the road, you'll have all sorts of illegal minicabs pulling in. And I base. Well, I mean, I'm a bit rude to them. I always wanted one of those toe caps with... Like uh, Rosa Klebb had in the Bond films, with the knife that came out, to kick against the tyre and go, ''Oh, you've got a flat tyre. Oh, it's a shame. Went to work for the rest of the night, and I'd been out with the police when they've out, you know, been out trying to get rogue minicabs. You know, people are out there touting by the side of the street. They have sort of uh, people who hail something, or sometimes they don't. Somebody pulls in, they go, are "You a minicab?" And they go, "Oh yeah, how much would you charge you go to here?" And they get in the back, and they go, "I'm a police officer. Just go around the corner there. Thank you very much indeed." And they pulled them all in. They all turned out no insurance, no nothing at all. But at the end of the day. You know, there are ways of making money. If you get black cab drivers who say, I've got the Halo app and I've got this app and that's where most of my money comes from now. So I do pull by the side of the road, but I'm not relying on it. And he said he hadn't lost any money at all and she thought that was amazing. And she, like me, had never been in an Uber cab. I've never been in one. Apparently, you know, the money changes, the ride changes. Whereas, so in other words, it works like this. If I get in my cab through the company that I use, I know the cost of my journey from from my place to here, costs X pounds every day. I know exactly what it costs because we've negotiated it. If I get in a black cab, I don't know how much it costs because it's on the meter. If I get in uh, an Uber cab, I don't know what it's going to cost either. So I'd rather know what the cost is. If I'm just pootling about town, then I can hop in and out of black cabs. So I'm quite good at doing that. Uber gives you an estimate, but, you know, there's no guarantee. Sometimes it could be three times you know, depending on what time. Whereas if I get my cab company and they'll say to me, if it's early hours of the morning, it's actually really cheap. I was quite surprised. I went from one end of London when I went to Mr M's birthday party all the way back to Twickenham. Um, and it was, it was cheap. I mean, it really, I thought it was unbelievably cheap. It was like 20 quid in the early hours of the morning. But had I got another cab, it probably would have cost me a lot of money. Similarly, the black cabs, you rely on the fact that they've done the knowledge that's what we do. We say the black cabs do the knowledge. In New York, it's completely different. Anybody can get a cab licence within a matter of hours and be out driving a cab. And you, you don't need to know where you're going. You just sort of drive around and people say oh, 34th and 4th and you, you count the street numbers. It's not difficult in New York, probably difficult elsewhere. Over here, before we had any competition, the black cabs were there and they learnt the knowledge. It, it could take years. A friend of mine took him the best part of two and a half years. He went through breakdowns. You know, it really stretches people. Nowadays, we've got sat-navs. I realise some of them are a bit rubbish, but the majority of people have got a sat-nav, and so they rely on that. At one time, there was the rivalry, wasn't there, between the black cabs and the minicabs, and yet the majority of black cab drivers used to be minicab drivers, while they were doing the knowledge, pootling around on their little bikes. But nowadays, you don't need to do the knowledge. You just put in the, the details, and, and it takes you from here to there. It makes no difference. The black cabs are on a metre, the thing's ticking away, whether they're sitting in traffic or whether you're getting there at the speed of light. It's of no interest to them to get there any quicker. And I, speak, I know loads of black cab drivers, believe you me. I've got friends who I've used on the programme over the years. You know, Jeff Riesel, who uh, used to look after radio taxes for ages and ages, was a regular on LBC for years with me, for years and years. So I know all about the cab trade. I know everything about it. I realise that there are good black cab drivers and I realise that there's a rogue element. We know this. Because when we went off to Mr. M's party, there were three of us. Three of, yeah, three of us getting a cab from King's Cross. And the bloke said, Oh, can you get the cab behind? So when we get the cab behind, the bloke says, Has he just turned you down for a fare? Which is obviously quite normal. And we said, Yes. He let fly with a torrent of abuse at this bloke. You little. Oh, I'll tell you, I've never. We sat in the back. I thought we should have recorded it. You know, because if you've never heard anything like it, he said, You bring disgrace on the cab trade. He said, Turning down a fare. I mean, perhaps they thought we were sort of tourists who'd wandered in from, you know, Bongo land or something, and we didn't know anything about the cab system. I live and work in London. I've done it for the best part of 45 years, you know, and you get treated like that. But this cab driver went mad. The other cab driver pulled in a bit further. Oh, he didn't give up. He pulled up next to him, wound down the wind. Don't you ever bloody... I'm going to report you and do all this. I thought, oh, dear. You know what they do? It's like you go to the airport. They want to fare back into London. They don't want you to say Hounslow. That's useless. Hounslow is useless. They need to come up with a better system. So, you know, the fact that Uber are going to go under, no. They're absolutely not. They will fight it in the courts. You know, 600,000 people will will back them, 700,000. By the time we get to Christmas, could be a million. Who knows? I don't know. But at the end of the day, they'll be going, I'm sorry, you just can't get rid of this cab company. This is unfair. This is racism. You know, because lots of Uber drivers are people who are sort of making a new start in life. They're trying to make some sort of living. I don't know how it operates. Don't ask me. I'm not remotely interested in in how systems operate. I just want to live life in perfect peace and harmony and everybody have a nice time. That's all it's about. That's all it's about in life. Life is a wee bit too short to get stressed up over something that's so silly and so inconsequential. And before you say, it's not inconsequential in my livings, get some apps. Get the Halo app. Get all these other apps. Because all the cab drivers who've started phoning up LBC now are now going, no, we're, we're, we're doing quite nicely. If you're relying on driving backwards and forwards with the light on, hoping you're going to get a fare in the right direction, well then fair enough. But, you know, it's live and let live. Competition. Otherwise, can you imagine... Selfridges open up and then they go, Excuse me, John Lewis, what do you think you're doing? We're the department store in town, us and Harrods. Can't have that. I likened it the other day to another radio station and me going, I can't believe there are other radio stations on air at the same time that I'm on air. Doing programmes, trying to get an audience. Huh? And that's what it's like, isn't it? It's competition. Competition's healthy, but you have to fight it. You have to make it work for yourself. And every job you can make work you know I hate people I've said in the past who go into a job and they go oh don't like my job okay well do something else do something else you know any job doesn't matter whether you're working in a shop you're serving kebabs you're sweeping the street you do it you can make it whatever you want to do you you sort of retreat into yourself you can do it and you can have a really good time you know and you can earn some money you know, if you don't want to, to drive a black cab, you don't want to do the knowledge for two years and go through the stress and the hell and the divorce and this and the separation and everything else. Go be an Uber driver. Go be a Addison Lee driver. Go be something. Go be anything. Go do, you know, bricklaying. Go do something else. You could probably make a good living doing being a plumber. Go on a plumbing course. You can do all sorts of things. <coughs> but the competition is is healthy and it's always going to be like that. It's always going to be, there is always going to be competition. No matter what you do, you know, a sweet shop, we're the only sweet shop in town. Oh, blow me down, there's another sweet shop opened up. It's competition. You just have to make sure that you're best at doing it. And all the black cabs I get in are very nice. Very nice, very chatty. Until they discover they're carrying Steve Allen. They might change a little bit. But no, I've never, had. you know, people are always very nice. Because that's what it is. Because you know I'm speaking sense. There might be some cab drivers listening Go, going, you don't know what you're talking about, mate. I do. I've been in London for 50 years. I know exactly what I'm talking about. I know exactly how it operates. I know exactly all sorts of things. I remember saying something about uh, about a little practice that goes on within the within the trade. And people saying, no, it doesn't. And I get in cabs and I'm, I, I need to start recording. People saying, yeah, we all know about that. That goes on all the time. You know, and people go, no, it doesn't. You go, it does. It does, this little practice. Well known up at Heathrow Airport. Anybody will tell you. Uh, still to come, Matt Lucas, his life story. Food is his solace and his pain. Lewis Hamilton puts on another one of these peculiar outfits. What is the matter with him? He's not the full ticket, is he? And uh, more British drivers abroad fall foul of the law. And the woman who goes to strangers' funeral uh, and, then, and then goes to the wake. She claims she knows people. She doesn't. She's A few, few, um, few sort of screws short of a picnic, I think. A few screws short of a picnic. Well, she's obviously eating screws now, and why not? You're listening to
0: a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. Monday morning. It's the 25th of September, and uh, you should have been paid. Well, you should have been paid if you're paid uh, monthly, and you're on salary. And you go, yeah, it's only because last night my bank manager said to me, she said, oh, by the way, should you get paid tonight? I went, really? Good Lord. Some some people get paid weekly. I can't imagine being paid weekly, but I used to be. Uh, one, not in this business. Your mother's paid monthly, but she's paid later. Yeah, some people have paid... It is the last day of the month, isn't it? I think ours is the last... The 20 f- Is it the 25th? So exciting. So exciting. Don't forget, I have um, I have a, a little offer for you later on this morning, which I'm sure you're going to love. Kevin the Miltman. Morning, Kevin. Uber drivers are a menace. He says black cabs and local minicabs have a knowledge of the road layout. Uber drivers are too busy looking at the sat-navs and make too many dangerous last-minute manoeuvres as they're lost. I've, I've lost track of the amount of times I've been sitting behind somebody and I've had to go, beep, 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 because they're sitting there, look, not doing anything. There was one bloke driving down the road today on the Great West Road. No lights on the car. No lights on the car. You flash them and hoot them and they're blissfully unaware. So at times like that you want to be a policeman. Anyway, driving in London, you need to be totally aware of other drivers, says Kev, not spending most of the time looking at your navigation device. Absolutely. I've got, I've got sat-nav. I've had sat-nav in all my cars, but in this one I've got sat-nav in the middle. I never use it because I know where I'm going. I really know, you know, I'm, I, there's nowhere I don't really know. I can find my way to most places. Uh, Ed says, if it's set in stone that Uber are going to keep their licence, where do you get that from? Since when have you ever heard that it's set in stone that Uber are going to keep their licence? Don't make things up. Don't make things up. He says, why have they asked for a meeting with TfL? And willing to make concessions. They haven't said they're willing to make concessions. You really can't get your facts right, can you? What they've said is they want to know what TFL want them to do. They haven't said, you know, we're willing to make concessions. They've just said, what do you want us to do? You just make things up, Ed, don't you? You can't do that. You said answer because it's not set in stone. I don't know where you get that from. Have you just heard that in your mind or something? You want some sort of strange medication that means you hear that? It's not set in stone, but I'm telling you they won't lose the licence not set in stone but they won't lose it it's as simple as that the mayor will now be banking on the fact that he might have made the biggest mistake and next time it comes around to voting for somebody 650,000 people won't be voting for him they'll be voting for somebody else all the people who might lose their jobs with uber but they won't it's going to take years to go through anyway if they do lose it which is very unlikely very unlikely you know i think people thought they've lost it, oh, that's right, it'll finish immediately, and all of a sudden 40,000 people are going to be standing by the side of the road going, I used to drive a minicab, or used to drive private hire vehicle. It's not going to happen for years, years and years and years. Uh, Cornelius says sat-nav has made the knowledge obsolete. Well, I mean, it has in theory, but still people do the knowledge, still people do it. You know, they go, so you're going from cheap side to Barbican. How would you do that? And you go left down there, right. What's the point of knowing that? Why why would you need to know that? There's no there's no point in learning that now with sat navs. You just key in wherever. And also, if you drive in London, any black cab driver will tell you, if you drive in London every day of the week, you know where everything is. You know exactly. If somebody says to me, Steve, okay, we're at Whitehall. How do we get to the South Bank? You know, it's like easy peasy. And then you go a bit further. And then how do you get to Fleet Street? How do you get to Ludgate Circus? You know, how do you get to the Barbican Health and Fitness Club? I know all these places. I drive around London every, every week. Every week I know London. You know, and also because I hear it on the travel news. You know, every day we hear the travel news. So, you know, the other day I was dropping a friend of mine off in King's Cross, and then I went up, cut through through Farringdon, and came in at the lower end of Fleet Street, and then nipped up there. And then there was a sign halfway up Fleet Street that said uh, uh, diversion. I thought sod that for soldiers. So I went straight on because everybody else was going straight on, and there was no diversion. Somebody just put the signs up just to be impish, and so I didn't need to worry about it. Would you be watching Eamon and Ruth Seven Year Rich on Thursday? No. I'm not really interested. Poor Eamon, I suppose he must be sort of stockpiling for the day that he might have to sort of stop work. I don't think it's any time soon, is it really? Sarah Harding is going to be appearing... um, What's she appearing? What did I read the other day? Oh, there was a a thing. Sarah Harding's going to be on Celebrity Juice or something. I thought, well, absolutely the ideal programme for her. Absolutely. Uh, Tara says, it's fabulous you're presenting when you must be in such pain. No, no pain at all. Oh, and incidentally, so I'm not here on... What day am I not here this week? Wednesday. I'm not here Wednesday. So I'm here today and I'm here tomorrow. I'm not here Wednesday morning because uh, I'm in for the operation at 7.30 on Wednesday. 7.30 on Wednesday. Well, that's the time uh, my hospital call is for and we're going to do part skin graft and part sewing up. That's what the plastic surgeon said. And uh, and then we should be we should be OK. So we'll do that. So I'm not here for one day this week. And they let you go home afterwards. You know, they'll just sort of make sure everything's all right. Do do the bandages and then off you pootle. Might be a little bit of uh, soreness for the injection, but I'm not uh, I'm not too worried about that. I inject every day. So I'm I'm quite used to things like that. Uh, Aussie says, and uh, I'm listening as usual, hiding in the back of my car making sure nothing happens to the lady I'm protecting. Lord, that sounds a bit odd, doesn't it, really? And uh, somebody says, uh, oh, yeah, a lot of people saying that uh, Uber drivers are a menace. I didn't even know that they had, um, they had signs on the side of the car saying Uber. Shows how unobservant I am. Do they all? Oh, you could tell from the app that they're, they're Uber. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have the faintest idea. As I say, I've never been in one. I've never booked one. I've, I've never, I don't know anything about them apart from the fact that there's 40,000 of them. In London, I couldn't believe there were 40,000. 40,000? Good grief. Uh, Mike says, I was never a fan of Uber. Many of my friends tried to get me to register. Two years on, I decided to get the Uber app. I love it. It's great knowing the price of the fare before you book it. You know who the driver is and uh, what they look like. You know, the make, model and registration of the vehicle. Safe, reputable and cheap. Yes, it has its in-house issue, so they need to get the house in order. All the drivers are very friendly and sociable. I hope they keep their licence. I think they will. I think they will. They'll argue in a court of law. They'll have the best lawyers to say, you can't just stop a company coming in because they've had a few mistakes. Every company's got mistakes. Every company, as I say, throws up its, its rogue drivers. Let's face it, we still haven't managed the, the problem in London. and It's more in London, I think, than anywhere else of unlicensed minicabs. Literally, you can go. I could go out on the street now, stand by the side of the road, looking a bit vacant, waiting for a black cab, and a car will pull up next to me and go, minicab, that's a huge... but They've never managed to stop that. I went out with the police 15 years ago, and they were pulling cars left, right and centre. It's as bad today as it ever was. It's as simple as that. Uh, I've used Uber a few times. I'm a little uncomfortable with how cheap it is. It's just too cheap for the drivers to earn a proper living. They go. I don't, you see, I, I don't know how it, how it works. I've got no idea. Is it really cheap? Some of the time, really cheap. But that's it, you see, it depends. It's like, you know, people working in, in coffee shops coming from Poland or Romania. And you often wonder why they're so cheap because they're making about three times as much as they would make at home. Whereas the Brits go, I'm not working there. Serve coffee. You joke. I'm having to be cheerful. Yeah, what do you want? Um, I'll have a skinny latte. God. Skinny latte. What's your name? Bob. How do you spell that? b? Thank you. Uh, Collect it down the end. <laughs> that's it. You know, where's the Polish? Hello. Usual. Sorry. Usual. Yes, please. And that's how it works. Much better. Jimmy's in Lancashire. Somebody's got to be. And why not? Uh, Uber have lost their licence uh, because they've broken the rules. TFL gave them a, a chance in May. They blew it. It's not racism. No, I've said that it will. That's what they'll be using in court. I'm telling you now. A petition could have 10 million signatures. Means nothing. This will be decided in a court of law on purely legal grounds. I'm telling you, they will not. They will not lose the licence. It'll be challenged. It's as simple as that. It's a, you know. You see, somebody says here, bye bye Uber, good riddance. James the barrister. My God, I wouldn't want anybody like you in court. You're very unpleasant, aren't you? Or are you just pretending to be a barrister? You're one of those sort of mad people who goes, oh, I think, oh, I think today I shall be a, a cockatiel. Oh no, I'll be a barrister as well. <laughs> You're deeply unpleasant, aren't you? Wouldn't want to be anywhere near your chambers, thank you very much indeed, if of course they even exist. But uh, always entertaining. 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. I tell you, you'll be eating words in a very short space of time where they'll be going, right, we've put this in and this in and they've agreed to adhere to this and it'll go like that. There's rogues in everything, isn't there? All, you know, just everything. In the police force. The House of Commons. Everywhere you go, every single place you go to, it's as simple as that. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Coming up to the news at five o'clock this morning, tragedy and scandal, which plagued the world's richest woman. She was one of them. Very rich, she was. Uh, evil Ian Brady. No rights, so smash open his father. They say, oh, he's got briefcases which contain... A- open them, he's dead. Who cares? Lewis Hamilton turning up in another peculiar outfit. Is somebody having a joke with him and he's not quite up to speed? Uh, The cheap barmaid filmed having sex says she deserves what she gets. I thought you'd already had it, dear. I wasn't aware that you're going for it a second time. Four men have to be rescued on Scarfell. They took cannabis. I'd have left them up there. 30,000 flee the volcano in Bali. Ed Sheeran making a lot of money from a stadium tour next year. And Katie Price, I don't wear no knickers
0: dreadful isn't it you're listening to a podcast from lbc
1: morning everybody papers are full of Meghan markle she went to the invictus games with harry well she didn't he was there with other people and she sat over there and he sat over there and that's apparently going out with somebody in the royal family i told you now she's going to be billy no mates by the time we finish poor soul strictly gets the biggest audience which we thought it would we thought it would, you know, until the novelty of watching people cavorting around, you know, prancing around like ninnies on the stage. Uh, Lewis Hamilton, I don't know where he gets these clothes. There must be He must know somebody who's got a clothing company who says, go on, wear this, Lewis. We'll all have a good old laugh, won't we? And so he's wearing sort of checkered shorts and a little matching top. He looks like Little Bo Peep, but without the sheep. Uh, four men rescued on Scarfell. They all took cannabis and then climbed Scarfell. And, oh, not get down. I'd have left them there. Well, I will tell you what, just sit down on the ground and pretend it's an ocean, OK? Uh, the Alton Towers girl is dating a Paralympian. This is a girl who uh, lost a leg in the accident and was sort of torturously dragging out. You know, she's posed in her underwear to give her more confidence. Now she's going out with this bloke who's in a wheelchair who does Countryfile. I don't remember seeing it. They seem to have so many presenters on Countryfile. I'm losing, I'm losing it because I don't know who they all are. I know a couple of them. I probably know three or four, but I've never heard of one in a wheelchair. How do they get him over the moors? I mean, that must be a nightmare in itself, mustn't it? Uh, Also, uh, Ian Brady, dead. Good. Should have been killed off years and years ago. Uh, Frank Bruno says he's had enough now. It's the last straw. Uh, The traveller's stealing his water. He's got two traveller sites either side of his million pound house. That's going to be a problem to sell. And they're now stealing his water. you think they'd have a little bit of respect for somebody like him who could lay all of them out quite easily. Ed Sheeran will make a lot of money on her US tour, but then that's America for you. America is so big and so vast that... I mean, Adele made a fortune over there. An absolute fortune. What do you do with it? I mean, she probably can't believe how much she grosses. It's huge. Uh, three weeks you've got left. Three weeks to spend your old pound coins. Actually, I must have a... Sorry. Just have a quick check and see how many old pound coins I've got. Because I always try and put them in another pocket... Uh, so I can get rid of the blooming things, which is, you can tell I keep a lot of stupid money. Oh, well, there you go. One. Uh, one. Oh, one. Oh, well, that's not bad, actually. One. Uh, oh, two. No. No, one. They're nice and shiny, the other ones. They're actually quite easy to see. I've only got one one old pound coin, which is OK, isn't it? That'll go in my special pocket. Everybody checking now. How many, you've got three weeks to get rid of them, and then you've got 20p... That's so all you got, 20. You've only got 20 pence on you. Is that it? Good lord above. How very odd. 20 pence. Why have you only got 20 pence on you? I've got. Oh, right. In my pocket, I've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 pounds in change. And the reason I've got that is so when I get a black cab in London, I've always got enough to do, because you always take out, as you, as you get into the near the end of your journey, you look at the metre and it says £9.60, you think that's going to go over the tenor, isn't it? You can guarantee, as it pulls into the side, click, it goes over to the tenor, just over the other side. And so I've always got the tenor in my hand, and then I've got change in my pocket. So I, c- I can do the tip at the same time, see? Good boy, I am, good boy. Steve, you're wrong about the knowledge, says Paul. It's not just about knowing the roads and directions. Oh God, what is it now? You've not changed it, have you? It's about building some points of interest points of what do you mean points of interest what you're giving us a running commentary as well are you I do that mate I take people out in my car and go I tell you what then because he said to me he said you might know where the South Bank is I've been driving for 50 years in London what do you mean I know where the South I know where everything is in London but I'll tell you one thing you won't know he says where's the Park Plaza Waterloo that's just on the rotunda before you go up the back thing where the bus goes the 211 do you know where the 211 goes to probably not I bet you don't know where the only part of a Roman road is in London and a building do you Go on, work that one out, clever boy. Points of interest, honestly. There's a McDonald's. That'll be a kebab shop. And this'll be the meter. Go blimey, honestly. You can't tell me anything about London, mate. I've been driving in... I haven't just wandered in on the last cloud or something. I've been driving for 50 years. i worked for 20 of them in Fleet Street. I know every road around Fleet Street. I know every theatre. I can tell you where where you can park in London on a Saturday for... In fact, I actually had to tell a cab driver the other day I'm not telling you where it is, but he he, he took me to this place where my car was. And he says, how much did it cost to park here? I said, it's free on the weekend. He said, what, Saturday as well? I said, yep. He didn't know. He didn't know. This is a well-known road, and it's free on a Saturday in London. But you tell me where where you think that part Roman cobbled, that uh, uh, Victorian cobbled street is in a London building. Go on, take your cab down there, mate, and tell me. (laughs) I love it when people... Park Plaza, Waterloo. God in heaven. Honestly. There's two hotels down there, by the way. I know that because I know that area so well. I know everywhere around Waterloo. Every single place. Because I'm, I'm observant. I'm clever. I don't need to sort of drive. And also we've got Satnav and I've got Google Maps. Not only have I got Google Maps, but the producer can put it up on my screen now, which I think is really clever, and he could take me on a tour around London. If I say to him, Park Plaza... He'll put in Park Plaza. I can, take, I can park outside in my imaginary map. That's what Google Maps does for you. That's really clever. I've been, we've been around Yorkshire on Google Maps. You can go anywhere. I could probably take you to a working cotton mill somewhere in one of those living music. It could take you anywhere. That's, that's modern technology. That's why you need to get that app, that Halo app, because that means that nobody loses money out. Nobody loses money. They don't have to sort of worry about it at all. Uh, laughing gas for sale. That's what they were saying the other day. Do you see the pictures on the television of uh, poor, poor Frank Bruno and his traveller camps either side of him and all this laughing gas, boxes of it, strewn in the road outside his house? I mean, you know, really not not good, thank you. Uh, the volcano in Bali, they keep saying, well, they've been saying for about the last God knows how many hours, it's going to blow. They keep saying it's going to blow, it's going to blow, and you think blowing in Bali isn't particularly good, is it? it's it's uh, all these people move move now it's going to blow and the one in italy as well which could affect naples million and a half people some literally directly underneath the volcano which has not blown in about 80 years but it's been building up as they say dormant and then something they say, don't they say the same thing? It's sort of well-known clichés. They always go, the sleeping giant awakens. You think, it's a volcano. It's not a sleeping giant. It's a volcano with magma. A magma lake which has pushed to the surface and then it gets harder and the pressure builds up underneath. So eventually, <coughs> and off it goes. You've only got to go onto YouTube. Check out Mount St Helens. Check out how it starts. A volcano. So it starts and they do it in slow motion. Little puff of smoke there. That's the clue. And then all of a sudden, <coughs> And the ones under the ocean are amazing because they're literally volcanoes under the ocean, which when they blow, they form a new island. And you've, you've got it. Phil Vickery's up early this morning, which is good news. Do you know what I had a craving for? Just this precise moment when I saw Phil Vickery's name coming up. And I thought, I really, really fancy roly poly pudding and custard. I haven't had it for donkey's years. Rolly poly pudding and custard. Isn't that funny? Sort of thing. The one thing I don't like, I don't like treacle pudding. I've never liked trick or or sponge pudding with chocolate sauce, or sponge pudding with strawberry sauce, or pink sauce, or whatever it happens to be. But but roly poly pudding with custard, <laughs> Aunt Bessie does it. I think <laughs> I'm so cheap. I don't really. I'm not proud. I'm not proud. But I just I just had a craving for doing it the other day, and I had a leek and potato pie the other day, in Joe Allen's, which because they, they they've changed the menu as well, and uh, it was lovely. It was just I felt, I felt really healthy. But I did, I did break my, my duck. I had some Prosecco on Saturday. But actually, strange enough, that was the only drink I've had. And what I've decided to do, I've decided, because uh, it was interesting, I was looking at an interview with Brian Connolly, and he said that he was in danger of becoming an alky. That's what he said. He said, I'm in danger of becoming an alcoholic, uh, because, you know, in this business, you socialise and you drink and all the rest of it. And a friend of mine said that she gave up drinking during the week and just drank at the weekend admittedly, she was drinking a lake at the weekend. And so I said, I decided I was going to do that. She said, well, I have a glass of wine every day. She said, but I have one glass, she said, and I sip it throughout the evening. I said, well, I'm more a guzzler with, with sort of wine. But we had this bottle of Prosecco between two of us in Joe Allen's and it lasted the best part of a couple of hours, which was lovely. That's all we had. We didn't have anything else at all. And then I got in and I thought, do I want to have some? No, I don't want anything else. So I'm 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 being good about it. I've decided that's the way because I tell you for me it's the problem with with the sugar. It's the sugar content that drives me round the bend. So I'm trying to be good about it. But I realize that other people, you know, it's it's not so easy. They were talking the other day about, you know, footballers who um who sort of uh, succumb to alcohol and drugs and all sorts of things. And you think, that must be really difficult. Look at George Best. He was so bored out of his tiny that he was just wandering to pubs and people would go, oh, George Best, buy him a drink. And you think, no, that's the thing you don't want to do. Like Sarah Harding. She's been into rehab for drink, for alcohol addiction. Keep her away from drink. But in Big Brother, they put her onto it and then she won. And um, as I say, really just not not to be trusted or anything like that. Ate for it. I'm, go- I'm not going to put myself... Limits because I think that's silly to put you. It's like you know, people who want to give up smoking. I've spoken to people before because I don't smoke, <laughs> sanctimonious little so and so. But um, I stopped smoking because I became ill, so it was a good indicator uh, to stop smoking. But people say, I'll just have two cigarettes a day, and you think, Okay, well, that's if that works for you, that's fine, or I'll just finish this packet of cigarettes and then I'll stop smoking, and you think, Okay, fine, I'm going to go on to vaporizing, and you go, Okay, that's that's fine. That's fine. You know, so it's a case of, you know, do you sort of give up drink completely? Well, it depends whether you think it's a problem, doesn't it? If you think, I mean, put, you know, for, for me, there's no way I'm ever going to wake up at the stupid o'clock that I wake up in the morning and then go, oh, I'll just have a quick drink to see me on my way. Because I'm, I'm not, I'm not, sometimes you go, oh, no, it's way too early. It's like having certain things for breakfast, isn't it? Like you can't have chocolate, but you're going to have sausages. And bacon sandwich. You're never going to have, oh, I think i have a box of After Eight or something like that. That doesn't work, does it? Uh, Steve, if Lewis Hamilton can't wear silly clothes when he's young, when is he supposed to do it? Give him a break. He's not young. Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, but these are ridiculous clothes. I mean, these really are. It's a case of, what are you wearing? He's 32. That's not young. Young is 18. Young is 18, 19, 20 or 17. 32 is sitting on a shelf covering yourself in cobwebs. That's the trouble. I work as a courier driver and know London like the back of my hand. I'm looking at the back of my hand. I don't think it looks like that at all. says, but if you can't remember names of roads, you fail your knowledge. Yet the taxi driver uses sat-nav. It's easier to work for Uber or Addison Lee. The black cab trade, he says here, are uh, wait a minute, are are killing, oh, killing their own industry, says Paul. You think so? I don't think so. Some of them are very adaptable. Very, very adaptable. There's good and bad in everything, isn't it? Steve, wrong Park Plaza. That's the County Hall or the Westminster on the other side of the road. No, 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 no. I'm not thinking about that one at all. I'm not thinking about that one at all. Waterpoo, Waterpoo, Waterloo <laughs> Park Plaza is on uh, Hercules Road. Yeah, I know exactly where it is. I know exactly where it is. The Waterloo Park Plaza. I could see it now. It's called Westminster Bridge, is it? Oh, right which is only single file at the moment, isn't it? Which is Waterloo. I'm having a look, actually. Do you know where the Evelina London Children's Hospital is? Been to that one before? We could spend ages, can't you, just sort of bandying backwards and forwards, you know, do you know where this is, do you know where that is? But you still haven't come up with uh, with where the cobbled street in London is, in a building, you know? But as I say, that's always my because I, I drive people around London and point things out of interest uh, because I'm just like that. Steve, the black cabs will be on your case now as you says Uber will get the license back. My opinion, of black cab drivers went down after seeing all of them interviewed on the radio and TV. You saw them on the radio. How does that happen? They don't like competition. Well, listen, nobody likes competition. Nobody likes competition. But, you know, it's everybody hates it, but you just have to adapt David, Uh, he says uh, they think they're as important as buses and trains. Well, they probably are. They probably are. Although it's interesting, somebody said to me, why is it black cabs can use the bus lanes, but all the other cabs can't use the bus lanes? Does anybody understand? I don't understand that one either. It's ridiculous. But uh, no, I mean, Uber will get the licence back. I I can almost put money on it. And I'm not the only one who said that. Most of the presenters at LBC have said the same thing. There's no way you can just take away somebody's licence. They've got to have a blooming good reason for it. A, I mean, a really, really good reason. And also black cabs. I know loads of black cab drivers. 99% of them are fantastic. There's a rogue 10% who are really quite nasty. But uh, no, but Josh, are absolutely fine. Absolutely fine. Goodness sake, they, uh, they wouldn't be that daft, would they, really? You're listening
0: to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. 5.20. In case you're worrying about the clock, I know you worry. I know you get to that stage. You get, I don't really want to go to work today. You must have that, don't you? You get, to, you think, oh, do I want to go to work? T- no, I don't want to go to work today. But you're driving a train. Oh, I don't know. I'd love to drive a train. I'd love to drive a train. It, seemed, it can't be that complicated, can it? But as I say, it's one of those only jobs. It seems like a, a cartel. You can't kind of get into it. You never see anything advertised. Would you like to be a train driver, earn 80,000 a year? Before you write in, you know, we just take a sum of money out of the thin air. So much easier. But you have to work for the company, which is ridiculous, isn't it? Absolutely ridiculous. You've got to work for the company before they'll allow you to be a train driver. Why? Why? My friend Lenny at Waterloo, I should imagine, I mean, he's he's worked for the company for ages. He should be driving a train shortly. Definitely. Listening to you from Changi Airport, Singapore, on the way home. Come here if you want to reduce your Prosecco input, Steve, says Pete. It's about 60 quid a bottle. Blimey. 60 quid a bottle. Why is it 60 quid a bottle? That seems an extraordinary amount. Actually, I've, I've cut down quite easily. Seriously, quite easily, I've not found any hardship. And you know me, you know, and I don't drink over Christmas. I must be the only person who doesn't drink. Everybody else, they go, yeah, woo, deck the hold with boughs of... I'm not like that. I, I never think about that at all. Everybody in the stadium must be going out with Prince Harry. He pleads with the press to respect their privacy, Steve. And then she breaks royal protocol and blabs to the press. If Harry's serious about the actress, why doesn't he just get on with it and announce their engagement? According to the press, he's already proposed. So what are they waiting for? Says Gaynor in Hull. Oh, I don't know. She wasn't even sitting with him. So perhaps, perhaps he's not really that bothered by her. Perhaps she's, she's sort of sitting there going, Harry, Harry, he's going, found somebody else, babe, found somebody else. Because otherwise, you know, she lives in Toronto. He's doing the Invictus Games over there. Why are they not, and they're supposed to be going out together, why are they not sitting together? Why is he not introducing her as his girlfriend? Is it some silly little game that we're playing here? Because she's already blabbed about their going out, so why was she not sitting with him? Is it because he's too embarrassed? I'm sorry she doesn't understand protocol. Is she being trained or something? Are they sort of saying, oh, you know, you need to know about royal protocol because you're beating, beating Melania Trump or whoever was over there? And you go, all right, Trump baby, yeah, 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 yeah. And all that kind of... You know, why, why was she not sitting with him? What's the point of that? Perhaps they're a bit silly. I don't know. Perhaps this is their sort of little game. Uh, so everybody could be going out with, with her. I hope not, actually. I do hope not. Uh, Mark says, The pound coin's going to be made worthless. The American dollar behaves differently. Any, every dollar ever printed by the Federal Reserve is and will remain legal tender forever. Well, I mean, ours will remain legal tender, but you can pay it into banks, can't you? I like the new ones. I really do. I think they look really cute, actually. I quite like it. Um, And the other thing is I love the new tenors. I'm now getting those on a regular basis. In fact, the old tenors. Oh, you can't wait to get rid of the old tenors, can you? You you sort of get a £10 note and you go, I'm sorry, do you not have any any of the new ones? Steve, in my memory, you gave up smoking and then started getting ill. Yes, of course. Yes. Because what happens is you give up smoking and all the tar... That's on your chest starts falling off. Now, I never got that really badly. A lot of people get that when they give up smoking, all the tar which lines your chest uh, starts falling off a little bit like sort of watching the end of a glacier and it all falls off into the sea. It's a bit like that with all this tar and they say, oh, you're going to be coughing and choking. And uh, but I, I, I didn't become ill. I had angina before that. That's what made me stop smoking. And so I'd stopped. I, I, I was walking down the strand with John Warrington, who's back on holiday, back from holiday, I think, today. And um, and I uh, and I got these terrible chest pains and I thought, what the God in heaven is that? And it turned out to be angina. And angina is it's so simple. It's where your arteries get blocked. They get furred up a bit like a pipe. And what they've got to do is open up the, uh, the artery and then you can the blood flows through and it's all fantastic, Katie. So that's how it works. And so I've had that done twice now, twice in 10 years but you have to tell people every time we go to hospital for this other thing for the burns i begin to feel like i'm just i just i'm addicted to hospitals perhaps it's the smell i don't know perhaps it's bandages perhaps it's all those people getting ready today going in for their skin graft operations and mine isn't till when if you're doing it do do give us a do give us a text tomorrow let me know what it's like i know that the injection's going to sting a little but obviously it's doable otherwise you know you're not going to be there going ow because i'm not like that but uh, And then they just sort of take a bit of skin off and then they sew little bits up and it's, it's quite... A, some of the plasters are sort of falling off a little bit now because they've only got to go one more day.
0: One more day, another day, another destiny.
1: 84850, oh, stevedlbc.co.uk. I like the idea, actually, that uh, black cabs, bus lanes, because they can be hailed and it would be dangerous if they had to keep stopping or crossing lanes to pick up curbsides, says John in Croydon. Oh, I never thought about that. That could be right, wouldn't it? But I thought it was also quicker to go down bus lanes. It is, it's quicker, isn't it, than sort of sitting there. But not all taxis want to use bus lanes for some reason. I don't know why. But uh, I got on a bus the other day. If, you know, if buses didn't have to stop, we'd get there much quicker. If they just kept going straight through, that would be absolutely brilliant. And uh, Ron says, did I hear you mentioned you used to live in Yorkshire a while ago? Did you like it over here? Yes. Yes. Yes, we were near Hull. We are in a little village called Hompton. A little tiny village. And it's still a little tiny village, I'm delighted to say. It hasn't changed very much in, in all those years. But, uh, no, we never went uh, over the North Yorkshire Moors. Well, not that I remember. We just lived in a little village. My father worked at uh, Patrington. I think it was Patrington up there, which was a missile tracking station. Now it's a, um, a tourist attraction. You can go there and have a look at it. And, uh, and it was lovely. I used to go to school in Withensy, which is a seaside town. But when you're young, you don't... I mean, I, I, we hardly ever went to Withensy. The only reason we ever used to go to Withensee is because I used to go horse riding there with my dad and my brother. That was the only reason. That was the only reason. And then I got a bit frightened, if you remember. They gave me a particularly big horse one day, and it was a big horse. And this bloke came outside of a shop as we were going down the main street, and he went like that, which spooked my horse and took off with me clinging to the back of it. It was a bit like some Thelwell character. But we ended up in the stables. It just headed straight back to the stables again, but frightened the life out of me. And I wanted to go back and and remonstrate with him, but my dad forbade me from doing it. But uh, that's all I remember. I remember cold winters, and we were there for a few years. I can remember the house. I can remember the school, just. I was in a a play in the school. I was very, very posh in my class. I was the reading one. If ever they wanted anything reading out aloud, Stephen was the one who did it. I became... uh, We had mock elections. I became a Lib Dem candidate. And my best friend was Stephen who lived on a place called Sunk Island. And that's all I can tell you. I can't tell you what he looked like. I've no idea, because you didn't take pictures. It was just your friend, and he would come over to my house, and I'd go to his house, and um, and it was nice. And there was a little tuck shop over the road, a little sweetie shop, where they did broken cigarettes. Do you remember broken cigarettes, ladies and gentlemen? They looked like sweet cigarettes, but they were the, the, the seconds. And you could... Buy a scoop of them for five pence or something like that. And rainbow powder. Please don't write in with your favourite sweets. I'm not remotely interested. I'm just telling you that that's what it was. But uh, yes, Yorkshire. And cold, cold. Oh, dear. Walking down the lane, about a mile to walk to get the bus on the main road because it didn't do the detour through the village. And getting on the bus in the morning and sitting there thinking, I, wonder what le- I can't remember any of the lessons. I can remember the schoolroom. And I can picture little bits of it, but, you know, the memory fades as you get a little bit older. You always remember odd things, don't you? I think that schoolchildren nowadays should have a camera permanently fitted into one of their eyes, a bit bionic, so that you take pictures of your day and then your parents, when you get home, go through it all and take out the best pictures and then put them into an album. So you've got a complete record of your school year. Because I see uh, kids at Waterloo Station going to school, and I've seen some of them since they were tiny and then all of a sudden, they grow. And you go, blimey, that's the same... But They look completely different. I would probably think I look exactly the same, actually. Uh, I was in Brazil last year, Steve. They had issues with Uber, the same as we have with the moral issues that come with Uber. What well, the competition was, was created an Uber-like app that worked for all minicab offices, but without the moral issues. Oh, right, says Gary. Thank you very much indeed. 84850, steve at uk. Oh, I've got such a nice thing for you today. Do you remember last week, we had... Um, We had that fantastic uh, idea, which they came up with, of if you donate some money to make some noise, we're going to put you into a prize draw to win a holiday to New York City for two people. I've got something for you this morning that they only mentioned it to me the other day. And I said, are you serious? And they went, yeah. And so the New York trip is still open, incidentally. You can still you can still register for that one. If you can uh, at home remember the details, uh, it's it's on the internet. You'll you'll find it on the best of Steve Allen from uh, from Saturday. It's on there. But I've got a different one today. Oh, I'm going to make you wait till quarter to six, I think, to tell you what it is because you you're going to like this one. You're going to like it a lot. You like New York. You're definitely going to like this one. Okay, that's all I'm telling you. I don't want to sort of get too overexcited because, as usual, I can't enter it. It has to be you. So details coming up very shortly. You're
0: listening to a podcast
1: from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you, company. 25 minutes to 6, 10 minutes away from me telling you about my, my offer for today. I like it's It's sort of, it's an incentive. A friend of mine wrote to me and, well, first of all, because Phil, Phil Vickery, but there's no mention from Phil Vickery about uh, about doing my roly-poly pudding. Jam roly-poly pudding. He did a Swiss roll the other day, Phil. And I remember thinking, oh, that looks quite nice. And then I thought, that looks a bit like Arctic roll. But my other friend, who is fit, and says, rain? Never seen rain like it. Yesterday, 24 degrees for the Windsor Half Marathon. Today, it would be more like an open water swim. I have a friend, uh, another friend called Gary, who works in a um, at one of those institutions which looks after wayward boys. And uh, he does all this swimming through lakes. I forget what they call it. Is it open swimming or something like that? And it... Open water swimming. So he does marathons, half marathons, cycling, swimming, and then swimming through open... Oh, Lord above. I, it just puts me off. The idea of... I always worry about that, because I saw Friday the 13th, and, and things come out of lakes. And it always worries me that lying at the bottom of a lake is a serpent or something like that. <laughs> it's going to grab you. And... Um, I just don't fancy that idea. It frightens me. I don't know why. I'm Pisces. I shouldn't be scared of water, but I'm absolutely terrified. Mike says, don't you think if Harry and his girlfriend were sat together that the press stroke media would concentrate more on them than the press and media concentrating on the Invicta Games or the promotion event? Well, unfortunately, that's what they're doing. They're concentrating and they're not concentrating on the games. There's no pictures of the games. Double page spreads in the papers of them sitting poles apart. So, in other words, a wasted exercise all round. What does she go there for? She's just detracted from what he does. And you can't have that. So either let her sit with him, and they both clap and do the games, as opposed to him sort of sitting there, where is she? She's over there. What's the point of that? You're either going out, you know, he's 32. Morning Cheeky, says Paul. Interesting what you said. I stopped smoking in November 2010. Had a heart attack in February 2011. Strange, don't you think, after 30 plus years of smoking? No, not really. They ask me, actually, whether I've had heart attacks. And I can honestly say I don't think so. I'm pretty certain I don't... Well, I'm pretty certain I don't think I've had a heart attack ever because I think I'd, uh, I'd know about it. Dave in Notting Hill says my bus route was 52. Oh, sorry, my bus route has 52 bus stops plus all the other things, traffic lights, 52 bus stops. I hate it when you have to stop for people. I'd have one of those, those things that sticks out from the side of the bus with a net in it, and if you want to get on the bus, you stand there and the net scoops you up and throws you inside. So it's, oh, they take so ages. I know something also you've been standing at the bus stop, okay, then the bus arrives, you know, like big surprise. Good heavens, a bus coming out of where, and then you get on the bus, and they start going through their handbags to find the bus thing. It's a bus stop. oh yeah, I mean I'm sorry, I'll be sitting there going, no, there was a woman who got on the bus the other day, I was on the bus. And I went to get some, uh, let's just call them an item. And um, and she gets on and she, it's obviously not her kid. It's obviously her daughter's. It must be because she was too old. And so she pushes the bus, the um, pushes the bus. She might as well have pushed the bus or pushed it. She, uh, she she pushes the push chair on the bus. Got a little kid with her as well. And, and then she stands there and we're all sitting there. And I'm thinking, I'm sorry, dear. You have to swipe the card to go on the bus. And then eventually somebody goes, the bus driver's waiting. And she goes, oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot all about it. And then she's, and we're thinking, girl, oh, blimey, can you really be trusted with a pushchair? And so she then does it, and we all breathe a sigh of relief. But you're right, it's the people who sort of get on the bus and they start looking around for it. Why don't you just sort of take it out and hold it in your hand? That's like people going to the supermarket, and they all stand there, and they, the, and then they start, so they pack it away very slow. Oh, God in heaven. And then, purse, where's the purse? They have to start looking for the purse. I'm sorry, you're in a supermarket. Did you not think you'd have to pay for it? Where they get these people, but it's the ones on the buses that really annoy me the most. It really is. It just drives you mad. Hold it in your hand. I do that. I'm at the bus stop, I've got time, unless you're sort of doing your accounts or, you know, counting, you know, flies or something on the window of a windscreen of a car or a bus or something like that. Why do they bother these people? Why do they bother? They shouldn't be allowed out, should they? We have got the old lady who goes to people's funerals and then goes and has the food afterwards. Not always, but she does it on quite a few occasions. And then she takes it home and freezes it. She's basically thieving other people's stuff. And uh, and Jeff says, you just made me laugh out loud. All right, Trump baby. It's probably normally normal etiquette for the Trumps, but just not quite right for our prestigious royal family. What, baby? I don't know. I mean, just, I mean, is she supposed to curtsy to him? Is Meghan Markle supposed to curtsy to Harry or something like that? Does Melania Trump sort of drop down on one knee? Is that, is that how he, I don't know whether that works for him. Because I don't think, because Harry's just a bloke, isn't he? He's not, you don't have to sort of worry about the protest. Well, I don't think you do. I might have got that completely wrong. I'm never right when it comes to the royal family. You don't have to curtsy. I'd like to try, though. I'd like to try. I always remember that thing years ago when um, uh, Nancy Reagan came over here for something and didn't curtsy to the Queen. And we were all going, shame on you, stick insect. Because Nancy Reagan, not with us anymore, of course, uh, she did look like a stick insect. She was most peculiar. Her and Ronnie... Her and Ronnie Baby. 8 for 850, steve at lbc.co.uk. I'm just looking at what this uh, this incentive is for you today to, to please help me out again. going to love it today. I mean, seriously, going to love it. Glory Hunniford's in the paper. She's got an autobiography out. Uh, she says it's uh, hell. She's on an IRA death list, or she was, and a stalker who haunted her for five years. Hilarious. Except if you're the person on the on the receiving end, the Tory MP who moans he can't claim poppy day expenses, wreaths and the like. Let's so, so he's on eighty grand a year, for goodness sake. How does Debbie McGee stay fit? Gardening. Gardening, apparently, keeps you fit. A friend of mine's got a bad back at the moment. And for anybody listening who's got a bad back, you know how bad... That's like um, coughs and sneezes and people wheezing all over the place. I've still not had my flu jab. I must get round to doing that as quickly as possible. Uh, also, the 20 favourite fibs that parents tell their children. It's, uh, it's quite a nice little story, actually, because I, I like little... It's, it, it's what's commonly known in the business as a filler. Radio presenters, the length and breadth of the land will be looking for a filler on their program because if if you don 't have an awful lot of time you know for to, for doing the chatting in, in between the muzak uh, this would be something that you could put in there ten million out of ten strictly launch gets the highest ratings which we uh, which we knew uh, Matt Lucas on his life story and uh, he's been there, done it he's bought the t shirts he is incredibly popular. But uh, food, he says, is my solace and my pain. I have the eating age of a nine-year-old whose parents have gone out. Because you used to do that, didn't you? When when your parents had gone out, you'd be sort of going, oh, biscuits. And you would want to take too many biscuits in case they notice. So you kind of rearrange the other biscuit. We used to have a biscuit barrel. We were so posh. So posh, a biscuit barrel. I mean, nowadays, you don't find people with biscuit barrels. They just don't exist anymore. Uh, Also, the sad news that Kelly Holmes, the Olympic heroine, has told her the full horror of her battle against self-harming. I told you they asked me about that in the hospital, but in a roundabout way, because they like to find out whether or not you are. And they said they don't come out and say directly, you know, did you do this? Did you do this intentionally? As you can quite clearly see, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I watched a little bit of that programme about celebrities going dating, the most tedious, boring waste of space that there's ever been on the television. It was really very dull. I watched a little bit of Arge, who is the dullest person. Small wonder he's single. Small wonder. And uh, and Bobby Cole Norris, who is just just embarrassing, really. Just embarrassing. Uh, what have we got here? We've got uh, Jeremy Corbyn saying he will halt the credit card rate rip-off. Which I'm sure we all go uh, hallelujah to that one. Also, Trump is need. That's going down on one knee. The American football stars in Wembley protesting after the abuse from the president. I mean, how many more people can he upset? Is there anybody left in the world? Kim Jong un, he doesn't know what's going on in life, does he? He's got no idea at all. And now that China have put uh, sanctions in place, it's all looking a little bit embarrassing. A little bit embarrassing. There won't be anything left in North Korea. But he's determined to get the firepower. Uh I will run through these uh, the 20 favorite fibs the parents tell their their children things like there are fairies at the bottom of the garden you know that appa- my parents never said that did your parents ever say that to you there are fairies at the bottom of the garden in our garden it was rhubarb I don't know why we had fairies all uh, oh, that noise from our bed we were playing a game what I've never I've never had that sort of discussion what goes round comes around your pet has gone somewhere else. It's dead. But parents tell sell sort of fibs. Watching TV will damage your eyesight. If the wind changes, your face will stay like that. If you don't hurry up, I'm going without you. Who just say that? Hurry up. I'm go- I need to go to toilet. If you- hurry up. You should have gone before we left. Didn't want to go then. I want to go now. The tooth fairy's been... Has it? Where? Under your pillow. How much did it leave? A pound. Tight tooth fairy. Father Christmas keeps a naughty list. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He's a kindly old man. The needle won't hurt. I saw that being done on the television. They did one of these things in a doctor's surgery, and this kid, who's not having the best of times, is sitting on its mother's lap. (laughs) I shouldn't laugh, because it's it's not funny. Well, it was, of course, if, if you were there watching it. And the kid's sitting there, and they're going, calm down, be all right, it won't hurt, it won't hurt. And so eventually they managed to get this kid's sleeve up. And this kid is like... And stopped. Well, the moment the needle went in, she went through the roof. It was it was the worst thing I'd ever. And I laughed, I laughed because I'm thinking it must be a dreadful shock for a kid. And they went there, there, there. It doesn't hurt. This poor kids, poor kids. They all say that, don't they? And the other, the biggest lie that parents say: We're nearly there. Was it because you always do, do the same, don't you? You always go, how much further? Nearly there. Yeah. There is one about the fella in red. Santa Claus. Yeah, Santa Claus. Yeah. Well, they say he has a naughty list. He doesn't have a naughty list. He doesn't have a Santa Claus either. But I don't mean, to say that one. That's the other. They didn't put that in there. They decided that was safer not to put in because you don't want to upset people coming up to the. Uh, my mother never said. Yeah, no, I know. My mother never used to say, oh, there's a naughty list. Because I don't think she believed there was a naughty list either. But I did meet Father Christmas on a few occasions. See? I believe. Steve Allen believes. Of course he does, goodness sake. But it was that poor kid with the injection. This won't hurt. Blimey! But it's the same for a lot of people, isn't it? I mean, I I cannot watch, even on television, if I watch somebody having blood taken or an injection, I have to look away. And yet I have, I mean, basically, I mean, uh, my my arm is like a pincushion. Seriously. And my legs. God, don't even go with the legs. But it's, uh, and you watch it on the television, I have to look the other way. I feel physically ill. I think, oh no. And the needles are so much bigger. I've got small needles. Mine are only six millimetre for injecting. Uh, but the ones on the... T- why when they take your blood? It's, they go, just hold that there. You go, oh, my God, are you serious? And then they unclip the end of the syringe. They put another syringe on. Well, how much more blood do you want? Three, three syringe folds. Are you serious? And they take three syringe Then they sort of, OK, we we'll take the needle out. And you think it seems to go forever, doesn't it? It's like three foot long, the needle. If you're a bit phobic, I'm sorry about that. But I'm, I'm also phobic. And I, I think talking about it makes it better. No, it doesn't.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. Nine minutes to six. It's Monday morning. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Now, listen. Last week, uh, we, uh, we were raising money for Make Some Noise. This week, I'm still raising money for Make Some Noise. This is for disadvantaged uh, young people. Uh, we want to change their lives. And many stories you'll be hearing very shortly about the sort of lives that they have that need changing And to change somebody's life and lifestyle takes money. And so that's where you come in. But as opposed to just saying to you, can I have some money, please? Uh, And you call and and, and sort of just donate money. I'm offering you an incentive. I offered you an incentive last week. And this week, I'm offering you another incentive. This is is lovely. Because uh, if you uh, donate £3 to our Globals Make Some Noise, you are automatically entered into the prize draw for a once-in-a-lifetime trip to Barbados. <laughs> I know, I can't believe it either. When I read it, I went, are you sure? Should we not be sending them to Southend? And somebody said, no, no, we're going to send them to Sandals, Barbados. I went, are you sure? What, just like that? And they went, yeah. So you and your partner will be flown from either London or Manchester to the Caribbean island of Barbados. On your arrival, you'll be whisked away to begin your Bayan experience at the amazing Sandal Resort, where you can wind down and start enjoying your week of luxury. Wait for this. Wait for this. Your week of luxury. You will spend seven nights at the luxurious Sandal Resort in deluxe accommodation. This resort has got, wait for it, three swimming pools, 11 gourmet restaurants. Wait, Wait, it gets better. Seven full-service bars, including a swim-up pool bar. This this is the best bit coming up, OK? All meals, drinks, entertainment, land and water sports are included. Everything. You don't need to pay a penny. You get your drinks, you get your meals, you get the entertainment, you get the land and the water sports, all included. Not one penny piece do you need to spend. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I said, are you Sure. I mean could we not have sent them to sort of the by-do-wee home for the elderly you know where you can play bowls every other tuesday and we might have a a gin rummy game going on perhaps at the weekend no 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 they said you're going to go to Sandals Barbados so you'll fly over there you'll have seven nights three swimming pools i mean there's a limit to how many swimming pools you can use 11 gourmet restaurants and it's all free it's all free you could eat all the time seven full service bars all free A swim-up pool bar. So in other words, you swim in the pool, swim, swim, swim. You go and sit by the bar in, in the water, have your drinks. Sounds fantastic, doesn't it? All free. Land and water sports included. All free. Everything's free. And all you have to do is help me out by donating £3. Now this one you need to listen to quite carefully because Barbados, as you know, is famous for its amazing views, breathtaking surroundings, white sandy beaches and sparkling seas for you to enjoy. So text now to be in with a chance to win that amazing trip to the Caribbean thanks to Sandals Resorts. I mean, it's, it's, everything's included. Your food. I mean, to be honest with you, I suggest you go on a major diet before you go, because you're just going to come back the size of a small small island. To enter and support our charity, Globals, make some noise. You text BARBADOS, B-A-R-B-A-D-O-S, to 84850. So that's, what, that's how you're doing it. So you text BARBADOS to 84850. B-A-R-B-A-D-O-S. You do need to get the spelling right. I don't want you to waste it, please. A one-off voluntary donation of just three pounds from every text goes straight to our charity, helping to change young lives. You've got until midday on the sixth of October to enter. Keep the phone handy; could be calling you. Standard network rates apply. You need to be over 18, please. You're playing across all participating stations. A full list, rules, and date restrictions are at lbc.co.uk. So it's seven nights at the Sandal Resort in Barbados. Is oh, that exciting? I think seven nights, two of you, romance, food, booze, 11 gourmet restaurants, three swimming pools, seven full-service bars. Everything is included, land, water, sports, whatever you want to do. It's all free, all free for you. And all you have to do is text Barbados and send it to 84850. B-A-R-B-A-D-O-S and send it to 84850. Isn't that just, isn't that amazing? I'm not allowed to enter. I'm not allowed to go in for this. I've never been to Barbados, mind you you might never have been to Barbados either, so this is your opportunity to actually enter the competition, do an awful lot of good for just three pounds for three pounds because somebody's life is going to be changed. you know come come the sixth when we announce who who the winners are. I'm hoping we've called people live. that'd be lovely. I'd love to call somebody live on air to say, you know congratulations, oh is it midday oh, it's midday. I could come back. <laughs> Bosses, is going, they no, can't. <laughs> so give it a whirl. Give it a whirl. It is. I could just interrupt James O'Brien. He won't mind. He, he he said to me the other day, I'll tell you this now, I'm not betraying confidence. He said, uh, he said, you are a silly sausage with these burns. He said, if you need anything, just let me know. I said, well, I could move in if you like. And he went, with sort of a pause. And I wasn't sure if he was working out the ro- room rate. And he said, yeah, I've got a spare room. I said, OK, I said, I'll come around. He went, yeah, if you want to. Well, that's cool, isn't it? So I packed my case and uh, I'm all ready to move in. Bit of a shock there. I've told him what, what time I need to wake up and at what time I, I eat. You know, it's all got to be timed in with the injections and all the rest of it. A, and we, we can do magical hour at home. I can sit down with him and really annoy him. That could be good, couldn't it? Steve, when you go for the operation, don't forget to wear cotton pants. Otherwise, they whip them off. Not in my case, they don't. Something to do with the electric charge caused by nylon. Excuse me, do I sound like the sort of person who wears nylon pants? I ask you. Gary says, I actually did a triathlon at the weekend at Hever Castle. I must admit, the lake was a tad murky. (laughs) This is what we were talking about earlier on. Gary does these things through lake. I mean, oh dear, I can't think about it. He says, uh, what uh, you wouldn't have liked was the night swim. I did a couple of weeks ago, which was an open water swim in the lake. All of us had glow sticks so that the water safety team could see us. My only thought was the glow stick could have been a not-so-great lure for any hungry pike or eels. Oh, stop it now. What, something... Bru- oh, i don't have to feel something brushing against my legs. And that... Well, I can't anyway, because I can't with all the plasters. But, oh, no, 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 no. Not for me. But uh, I knew Gary when he wasn't fit. Uh, Paul in Carmarthenshire says, I thought I'd heard the best of your in-conversations, but on Saturday, the David Emmanuel conversation was fabulous. I was driving to the office, seemed to last about ten minutes. I know, you'd never believe it, would you? Hughie and Brixton says, whatever happened to uh, Roger Foss? I used to contribute to the show. I hear from Roger every so often. I think he's up the, uh, the top end of the country. Bless his heart. Yes, Roger Foss. Oh, dear, lovely Roger. Lovely Roger. But uh, yes, he's, he's still very much with us. And uh, still, I think I forget where he went to. Actually, he wrote to me some time ago telling me where he was and occasionally he listened in. So I thought that was good. And somebody will uh, will be reminding him, no doubt, that Steve mentioned him. But uh, yes, so no night swimming with or without glow sticks. Thank you very much. Indeed. Not my kind of thing. Do go in for my um, my donation, please, for the chance of that fabulous holiday. Barbados, I tell you. We've we've completely gone mad this year, have you noticed? We've completely lost all sense of reality. News at six is coming up very shortly. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast on LBC. Uh, The nuns, do you remember they discovered all these children have been buried in this nunnery? Many have died of uh, natural causes. And it had happened years and years ago. The nuns have now decided to build a memorial for the dead children. I don't want to be rude to nuns, but I'm afraid it's necessary. A little bit late, isn't it, to start building something like this? Should have been done ages and ages ago. Amanda Holden got the most complaints to Ofcom because she was wearing a very revealing dress uh, and she showed her sort of boobies. But, I mean, goodness sake, I mean, heavens above, if you were with me in the studio this morning, I'm showing a lot of flesh. I want this on record. Whether it's a complaint, I've got no idea. And those people fleeing the volcano in Bali. It's not erupted...
0: Yet. You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning everyone. Nice to be company. Welcome to Monday, beginning of the week. Exciting. Nope, not really that exciting. Most people hate the beginning of the week. Not me. I love it. I can't wait to get back to work. Wednesday we're having the surgery. I just bumped into a friend of mine. She said, So Wednesday's D Day. I went, Yeah, Wednesday's D Day. She said, Don't worry, it won't hurt. I said, It will. I'm just convinced it's going to hurt. It'll sting. The injection will sting. I'm not sure if stinging's good. Shame they couldn't put me out, but they can't, obviously, for for obvious reasons. Um, The end of the queues, a shopping checkout app. So, in other words, it's it's all done on trust, isn't it, really? Whether that works, I don't know. 650,000 people back Uber, as a taxi firm, seeks dialogue. They want to know what they want, what TFL want, because nobody's sort of said, this is what we want people to do. But uh, I'm firmly convinced they won't lose. They might have done at the moment, but I've just got this feeling that it it won't happen. 40,000 people lose their job because of the actions of a few? I hope not. Uh, Meghan is at Harry's Games, but she's not with him, if you see. He's sitting here and she's sitting over there. Perhaps she, perhaps she doesn't work in company, perhaps she doesn't know, and then they were claiming that he went along to watch her being filmed in suits. And you're thinking, so why was she not sitting with him at the Games? I mean, either they're an item or they're not an item. And she's already told us they are an item. Why doesn't somebody ask him? So are you, are you going out with Megan, or is this some joke or something? Is it possible to get a straight answer? Frank Bruno says it's the last straw, bless his heart. He's got enough to cope with in life. He's got this million pound house. Either side of him, he's got traveller sites. And he claims they've started pinching his water. I don't know how you pinch somebody. I don't know how that works, actually. And they've tapped into his water supply so they get it for free. I really don't know how it works. But anyway, he's, so he's selling up. He's had enough of it. He's been down there to confront them, saying, come on. You know, let's go back to the way it was. And obviously they've decided they really couldn't care less. 30,000 people fleeing the volcano in Bali. They were telling us, yeah, I seriously thought I would wake up this morning to hear that the volcano had erupted. They said it was within seconds last night. Very dramatic. You know, within seconds of exploding because they've got, you know, they, they can tell by the seismographs and what's going on. So, I mean, today it might, it might blow. We've got no idea. There's another one going on in Italy, which could affect Naples. And a million and a half people there. Uh, three weeks to spend your old pound coins. Katie Price who made, as I explained on the programme last week, she was talking in her show and she was making allegations against Peter Andre that he cheated. And I said come on Pete, pull your finger out, you can't let her go around saying things like this. And so I think a letter went off straight away she's backtracked like there's no tomorrow she's had to eat humble pie because uh, she's, suddenly, she's not the brightest penny in the box. And then she proudly tells everybody she's not wearing knickers I mean, really, how cheap do you have to get? Doesn't sell any seats, though, does it, really? The £17 skin cream that could grow on you. Quite like the idea of that. Perhaps I could try that on my body. And um, what was the other story I quite liked? Oh, that the four men who went... I don't know whether they went to Scarfell to actually go climbing or whether they smoked cannabis and then went to Scarfell. Either way, we had to go and rescue them. What a waste of time and money. I'd have charged them which uh, would be a lot easier. And the Madeleine police, Madeleine McCann. Uh, as you know, they want more cash. They should hear today whether or not they're going to get it. Home Office will, will decide. Whether or not they get the cash, I've got no idea. They've had £11 million so far, and they're tying up loose ends. I mean, they're nowhere nearer now than they ever were. There's, there's nobody being questioned. They've got no clues. They've got nothing. We've had £11 million spent on it. £11 million, and there's nothing. Um, also, what was the other one? Oh, the Stowaway Migrant. A couple go away on holiday. They get to France. Anyway, somebody stows away in their car. How that happens, I've got no idea. And they don't discover him till they get back to Wales. He's stayed in the car all the way over there. I mean, it's quite some journey. But anyway, he's now been arrested and presumably he'll be sent back again. And also the man who kept snakes and was found dead in a room. It's like sort of some joke, isn't it, really? And he's pictured in the paper today with a boa constrictor around his neck. And, uh, and round his body. This thing's huge. I mean, seriously, I've got legs thinner than this snake's body. And because it's a constrictor, it constrict- and they think it might have actually just killed him. Because that's how it kills its prey. It wraps itself around it. And every time the animal breathes in, it constricts. So eventually it can't. It's like, you know, crucifixion. You die. You don't die of crucifixion. You die of asphyxiation. Also a picture of Little Mix. And uh, Perry Edwards was rushed to hospital... They were doing a, a set at Vegas's T Mobile Arena. Isn't it funny though? They carried on as a threesome. So they obviously don't need her. Because they did that with the Spice Girls, didn't they? The moment Jerry left, I think, they just carried on. So obviously sound exactly the same. We've seen it before when sort of groups have gone down from sort of four to three and, and they sound exactly the same. So in the case of Little Minx, Mix, they, um, they carried on as a threesome and nobody noticed the difference. So perhaps they don't need her. Perhaps they don't need her. Amanda has the Brits moaning her frocks are too skimpy. But that's the whole idea, isn't it? Isn't that what people, you know, surely, you know, she could sort of worry about that. Why does everybody else need to worry about it? They just do. Katie Price is wearing either a very bad wig or that horse hair they've stacked on her head. It's not looking so good. Thank God the tour's finally finished. And uh, Shell's set for end of petrol. Britain's first no petrol service station is being planned in a drive towards cleaner motoring. What's the point of having that? I can have a petrol station with no petrol. I suppose you have electricity. Is that what they do now? You can go in and charge up the car. I don't want to drive an electric car. I'm not into this kind of, you know, people were talking about uh, saving the planet some years ago. And I don't mind saving the planet, but I don't want an electric car. We've seen the price of them. I don't know how peop- people are supposed to afford things like that. It's terribly, terribly expensive. I know that the, I- the idea is to stop selling petrol cars in about 20 years' time. Well, thank God for that. I won't be around. There's no chance, is there? Not a mic. There's no chance I'm going to be around at that one. Just just knock on the grave and go, see, Steve, it happened. That'll make it a lot easier. Uh, also, six in ten say they're rubbish at recycling. The Daily Mail recycling an old story that we did ages ago on the programme. Uh, a royal bodyguard for Meghan. What for? She's, only, she's just somebody from... from so- Nobody knows who she is. She's not well known. And so he's sort of pictured... There's, there's a bodyguard standing in a stairwell... And then she's got somebody sitting next to her, but she's not sitting with Prince Harry. I don't quite understand that. So either they're going out or they're not going out. Uh, plus, the Miss Great Britain twins still in demand. They're 65. Good God, if they're 65, they don't look. They look like forties. They look like 40 They don't look 65 at all. The skin cream that could grow on you is one that ladies like. I'm always fascinated by how much ladies will spend on skin cream. I'm fascinated by QVC. And I look at all these creams, they say, oh, this one here. What were they selling the other day? Something to take your makeup off. So they demonstrated on this model's arms. This is normal. This is soap and water. Still there. This is this magic cream. Da, 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 da. And it just melts away the other makeup. So I should imagine they must have shifted a shed load of that one. But this is um, a Japanese lily turf. I think that's what it's called. Just doesn't brighten up your home. Might help do wonders for your face a plant a pretty tufted grass that provides evergreen ground cover is the key ingredient what's being touted as a breakthrough skin treatment how many times have we heard that 17 quid so okay work on this this is how you have to do this 17 pounds 50% of that'll be profit so it's 8 pounds ish for the actual cream uh take away all the packaging about 3 pounds you're looking at something that probably costs about between 3 and 4 pounds but by the time you've added all the that's it. So it's 3 or £4 cream. Does that sound as exciting? Not to me either, ladies and gentlemen. But that's what it is. But ladies will try anything. I mean, I've, I've bought expensive creams, as you know. I've actually tried expensive creams. I've, I've tried creme de la mer at £100 to make your eyes look better. I look exactly the same. I don't look any different at all. I could understand it. If I walked in and people went, God, you look amazing. Nobody's ever said that. They don't say that. They just go, oh, still alive... And I go, yeah, thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much indeed. Yeah, what what I'm going to use... Well, no, I shouldn't tell you when I'm going to use it. And then you just come and you go, God, you look really good. Here's the strange woman, the pensioner, who goes to strangers' funerals, fills her lunchbox from the buffet and then cycles off again. Her name is Teresa Doyle. She's 65. She speaks to grieving relatives. I mean, she's obviously not the full ticket, is she? She's quite a few sandwiches short of a picnic. Uh, She goes to church masses, Sikh temples and funerals where food is provided for the needy. I mean, she's obviously not not the full ticket. She says here, there's mass every morning. Oh, this is a friend of hers. And she's only going when there's cheap lunch. She intrudes on people when they're upset and sad. She's mad. She's quite clearly mad. But, I mean, she's one of these people who just turns up to places. Um, The parish priest says she's Catholic and is convinced she needs to go to as many masses as possible. Every funeral we have, she comes, and if there's a reception afterwards, she makes her way to it without invitation. I can't exactly say that we can't stop her. You just push her out the door. Get out, you thief! It's nothing to do with you. She was asked why she attends funerals. She says, that's my business, adding, I have to go, I've got somewhere to be. Another, another funeral. She's quite clear, not the full ticket at all. So she intrudes another bit, and she also tells lies. She claims to know people. She turned up at uh, one woman, Margaret Whitehead's uh, funeral for her daughter, seeking a cheap lunch. She said, Mrs Doyle claimed to have worked with her daughter Catherine as a waitress, despite Catherine never having worked as one. She said, I just assumed that she was a a colleague. She got my son to give her a lift from the church to the wake. She was eating from the buffet like there was no tomorrow. She's obviously a thief as well. This woman needs medical attention. She's the phantom mourner. You're in all the papers today, Mrs Doyle. You will, you will, you will, you will. (laughs) You will, you will. Take from the buffet. (laughs) And she's got a bicycle as well. She's obviously mad as a fruitcake. Turning up and then pretending she works with people, and then can you give me a lift to the buffet? Sorry, well, I'll, I'll be, I'll be stealing the food. It's not right, is it? It's not right at all. Stop her. If you see her at your funeral, you out, out. Yeah, I don't want to turning up to my funeral. I'm going to make sure there's no food there. <laughs> don't anything like that, do we? Uh, lethal laughing gas on eBay, at thirty pence a time. Honestly, the things that go through people's minds now, isn't it? And uh, it's, it's just very embarrassing. Very embarrassing. Thirty-five thousand fleeing that volcano in Bali, and uh, a lovely new house has been built with a garage. A drive that leads up to the garage, unfortunately, right in the middle of the drive, a pole. The estate agent said, "Oh, we will be removing the uh, pole very, very shortly. Otherwise, it's a bit put. You can't actually get onto the uh, to the to the drive to get to the garage. Ridiculous, isn't it?" And uh, Welby conducts the wedding of his divorced aide. The Archbishop softens the church stance. In other words, it's called flexible. Okay, it's called Flexible. They do whatever they want to do and they don't need to explain to anybody at all. You're
0: listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. Graham in Liverpool says uh, Christmas lighting on QVC. I saw it the other day. I said they've 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 been running for about a month. Most of, the, uh, most of the shopping channels have started doing Christmas uh, bags, Christmas this, Christmas that. Nowadays, people are, people are not wrapping presents. When I used to work in a department store years and years ago, they used to have a woman who used to come in at Christmas and you'd buy something in the store and then you would take it to her and she would wrap it professionally with ribbon and everything else. And I just think, God, that's great. You know, if it wasn't something in a box, she'd put it in a box. It was all done to, to sort of design. And I think, God, how lovely to have your presents professionally wrapped. But nowadays, you buy these bags. They sell them on... On a couple of the shopping channels, and you buy like a hundred bags for twenty quid or something, and they're they're sort of um, metal, and you put me- metallic paper, you put the item in there, and then pull the drawstring together at the top, and it gives it sort of quite a nice. I like festive paper though. I'm quite big into festive paper. I like seeing presents under a tree. I don't even mind if they're fake. It doesn't bother me in the slightest. Jack in Coach Trip says, "Why are all of the skin creams sold on television never in the shops?" I don't know. I've often wondered that as well. I mean, I think the truth of the matter is that shopping from home is the new big thing. Everybody shops from home. Who wants to go around the shops at Christmas? I mean, all of my Christmas shopping will be done online. And I'll either send it to my brother and he wraps it, and I, or he'll send me the labels and I then do the, the labels, or we sort of think of some other way of doing it. Because we, you just don't do... You get to a certain age and you just don't do presents, do you? Presents are for, for younger people, which are good. But isn't it funny? Younger people don't really buy presents for their parents why that is but no Jack it's uh, it's a case of you see things and then you go oh right they were selling stuff on one of the channels the other day it might have been QVC which is from Lakeland they were selling and I, I like Lakeland because I think their service is very good and what I generally do every year is I go through Lakeland's catalogues at Christmas and buy loads of chocolates and send them to my brother so he gets two big boxes of everything which is enough chocolate to keep them going over the festive season whereas I couldn't care less I'm not bothered about that. Richard says, uh, where are they taking the skin for the graft? Gold nose. Gold knows Legs, I think. I think it comes from legs. But it's, it's very, very thin. And then Marcus says, you say you won't be around in 20 years. Why not? Radio still have presenters in their 50s. So kind. So kind. Yes, I I I just don't think it's very likely that we're going to be making another 20 years. So, which actually is amazing because this year has gone by very quickly. I don't like it when it goes by quickly. It kind of frightens me a little bit. I start thinking maybe I'm not immortal as I thought I was. (laughs) My father-in-law, Pete, loves a buffet, says uh, says Dan in Essex. And uh, so he takes his own chair. Still not as bad as the woman in the papers, though. I mean, she's quite... Mad isn't she? I mean, that's got to be to ask for a lift to the and then to lie to people. Now she's been photographed in the papers. People will start realizing that she shouldn't be allowed anywhere at all. She needs to get. I mean, that's just that's just deeply unpleasant. I'm afraid. There's something I don't even think it's funny. I don't think it's funny. Benny says the one thing funeral woman isn't is a sandwich short of a picnic. In fact, she's not short of sandwiches at all. No, she takes it home and freezes it. Takes it home and freezes it. Uh, Dion says I use Johnson's baby lotion. Uh, aftershave. If it's good for a baby, then it's good for an oldie like me, and it's £1.99 a bottle. That's called cheap, because I'm using this very expensive aftershave at the moment, as you know. In fact, a friend of mine said the other day, he said, I knew you were wearing it. I said, how? He said, because I could smell it when I walked around the corner. Because once you put aftershave on, as most people tell you, you can't smell it. You can't smell it. Everybody else smells it. I can't. So when I first started putting Creed on, People are going, oh, I can smell that. What's that? And I go to Creed and things. Like, now I can't smell it at all, but I'm sure it must be there. Uh, Amanda Holden gets the complaints, but 10 million tune in to Strictly's hottest first night, and so Molly King dancing with a 12 year old by the look of it, called AJ Pritchard. I'm assuming he doesn't have a first name; they just call him AJ Pritchard. And uh, Molly King's there. Debbie McGee, but bearing in mind Debbie McGee is a fully experienced dancer. It's as simple as that. Uh, Gemma Atkinson sizzling. But, you know, all these people, they're, they're sort of used to doing posing. Uh, and also Charlotte Hawkins with Brendan Cole. Yeah, I don't hold out much hope for her at all. Luckily, no pictures in the papers of Ruth. They've decided. Sorry? Was Eamon. Of course, Eamon was there. What do you think? What do you think he's going to sit at home by himself doing a jigsaw puzzle? No, he likes to go out there so people can... I'm Eamon. Hi, how are you? Eamon Holmes. Hello. Yes, he'll be clapping, Ruth. Yeah, go on, Ruth. You're thinking, yeah, they never wanted you, though, did they? £12 million British police hunting for Madeleine facing the axe. They haven't decided yet. The Home Office will decide at uh, some point. Could be today. I don't know as to whether or not they're going to put more money into it. And then when that runs out, then presumably they'll be going... The Home Office will be deciding today whether they put be... I don't know how much more money you pump into something. I would have thought actually spending £11 million pushing 12 at the moment was more than enough money. I don't know you know, how, how much longer we, we keep funding this. Because if they came up with something, I could understand it. You know, if they'd actually come up with some sort of information or something that could help us. But they've got nothing. They've absolutely got nothing at all. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, the, uh, the Uber campaign uh, sort of gathers momentum. And also, an obesity epidemic puts a quarter of a million lives at risk each year. Also, exercising goes down the pan for Britons. We did do it, didn't we? We did do it for a little while. they go, come on, we're going to do exercise. And you'd wake up and then morning television was always full. The BBC did it. ITV did it. Uh, we never did it on LBC. I think I think really, because to be honest with really, you, doing exercise first thing in the morning is not for everybody. Um, we used to have Mad Lizzie, Mr Motivator, the Green Goddess. Had all sorts of people doing exercises on the tip One, two, three, four, one. I could do it on this programme, actually. If you're watching in stereo, incidentally, this is me dancing, which is very attractive, I realise. I have natural fluidity, mainly in all my arms, the way they're bubbling away very nicely at the moment. But it's, uh, it's a case of we do do exercise, but now we've kind of fallen out of love with it. So, But as you come up to Christmas, you can have all these third-rate Z-list celebrities. You go, buy my DVD, because I'll tell you how to lose weight, and I lost weight going on, I heard somebody juicing the other day, talking about juicing, and you know it's very bad for you to do just juicing, you're supposed to have all the other things going on, otherwise it's yo-yo dieting, that's what you do in this country, you see a picture of somebody who's on a television programme, some third rate Z-lister, and they go, yeah, I lost all this weight on this diet, and of course it's not them at all, they, they bring on an expert to do the, okay, one, two three, four, and they can make a lot of money because they convince fatties that this works, I was fat, well, these people were never fat, some of them, come closer, come closer. What they do is they eat in the few weeks leading up to Christmas. So they look fat. And people go, God, you look fat. And they go, oh, do I? will oh, bring out a DVD. And you can tell which ones are bringing out the DVD because they'll be pictured in the park, you know, with a skimpy little top on with their gut hanging over the top of it. You know, and a personal trainer. And that's what they do. They go, oh, look, we, we saw them in a local park. Do it in a gymnasium. They can't. They're trying to flog some old tat to you. My advice is don't bother. Want to lose weight? Go to the doctor. They'll give you a diet sheet. Want to do exercise? Walk up the stairs. Walk down the stairs. You know, lift one leg up, put it down. Sorry? Yeah, get a bike. Don't drive in London on a bike. Go and get a bike. Go to Holland. Go drive around Holland. Do something. Evil Brady, says one letter to the uh, Daily Express today, has no right, so smash open his file. Because people were saying that um, they don't want to open the cases because there is private property. He's a dead murderer. Open the cases. Stop being so stupid. You know, it, it, is he going to give details of where he buried the body? No, not a thing. No, no details of that whatsoever. He knew exactly what he was, uh, what he was playing uh, about. Uh, after the Joe Malone interview, Steve, I bought Joe's book last December and started my own chocolate business in May this year. Dedication to my mother, uh, who is called Ella, which is why I called it Chocella. Ella. So there you go. Wow. Very nice. So the funny thing is, I'm not a chocolate person. I, 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 I never really was a chocolate person. I'm more savoury. You know, you, 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 you could do better and tempt me with a Tracy a cheese football or Twiglets. Twiglets I love. And I always buy them every year and bring them in over the festive season. They do those little cheese biscuit type things, funny little things. And then they do Twiglets and then they do cheese footballs. And everybody I've ever spoken to, they go, what, a, what in God's name is a cheese football? And I said, It's a little round thing made out of sort of some sort of. Crunchy stuff that looks like the inside of a Kit Kat, and then they put liquid cheese inside there. and They go, "Oh, it sounds disgusting." I said, "Well, some people like it, and some people don't." But ever since I've thrown away the halogen oven because it is evil, uh, I've changed my eating habits. I'm eating different things now. I tell you what, I'm gravitating towards, which is slightly disturbing: soup. I know soup's good for you, but you need you need a little bit a little bit more. And uh, and so what I'm doing is I'm sort of cooking things, but I'm not having all the bad things that I would have put in the halogen oven. So I'm being really good about it. Haven't had a sausage in over two weeks, which is unusual for me. I generally like a good sausage. Um, So how does Debbie McGee stay fit? Gardening for all of you, ladies and gentlemen, over a certain age, and I include my next door neighbor, Lindy, as well. She loves gardening and we've got a lot of uh, geraniums in pots and I think they'll survive over winter. You don't need to worry too much about geraniums. Other, you know, succulents and things like that will sort of disappear. But the geraniums, I think we can end up keeping, which is great news, isn't it? They're trailing. I bought them last year. If we can keep them going for another year, I'm all in favour of that.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. 27 minutes to 7. Nick Ferrari with you in 27 minutes' time, just after the news at 7 with breakfast. Uber says it's willing to talk with... And make concessions to transport for London in an attempt to get its licence to operate in the capital renewed. But should it have to? Uh, Also, President Trump has begun a new war of words. This time with NFL players who knelt during the national anthem in protest against racial injustice. Does everyone have the right to protest regardless of the time and place? Plus, on the morning... Angela Merkel enters her fourth term as German Chancellor. Nick will speak to an MEP from her party to find out if they're worried about the resurgence of the far right in a country whose history is so <coughs> sorry, haunted by it. It's all with Nick Ferrari at breakfast this morning from seven here on LBC. I did mention earlier on, and I mention it again to you now, just, just before you leave uh, for work, that uh, we are trying to raise a lot of money as indeed we do every year for Global's Make Some Noise charity. But uh, unlike last year, I'm offering a bit of incentive because uh, I'm offering one lucky couple the chance to win an inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime trip to Sandals, Barbados. Uh, This is for you and a partner. I'll explain how it works in a minute. Let me just tell you what's on offer. Uh, You'll fly either from London or Manchester, your choosing, to the beautiful Caribbean island of Barbados. On arrival, you'll be whisked away to begin your bayon experience at the amazing Sandal Resort, where you can wind down and start enjoying your week of luxury. You will spend seven, this is just for, for, for entering and for donating £3. You will spend seven nights at the luxurious Sandal Resorts in deluxe accommodation. Uh, this resort has got three swimming pools, 11 gourmet restaurants, and seven. Full-service bars, including a swim-up pool bar. That's where it's in the. It's actually how the how the waiter gets there to serve the drink. I've got no idea. It Must get very wet, and you, you sort of swim across it and you sit on a stool, which is lovely. Um, all meals, drinks, entertainment, land, and water sports. They do water sports as well. There is all included. Everything free. Nothing. Not a penny piece. Just enjoy it. So you can drink, eat, enjoy the entertainment, enjoy the water sports, the land, and it's all included. In the uh, in the holiday, Barbados, as you know, is famous for its amazing views and breathtaking surroundings of white sandy beaches and sparkling seas. So text in now to be in with a chance to win this amazing trip to the Caribbean, thanks to Sandals Resorts. And all I would like from you is three pounds. It's not a lot. If you if you get this this holiday, I mean, you know. She could take me. And uh, only thinking out of the box. So to enter and support the charity, Globals Make Some Noise, text BARBADOS and you send it to 84850. BARBADOS is B-A-R-B-A-D-O-S. And it's that that triggers to go into the right box, OK? So to support Globals Make Some Noise, text BARBADOS and send it to 84850. A one-off voluntary donation of just £3. From every text, goes straight to the charity, helping to change young lives. And we want to change a lot of young lives this year. Once you've heard from the 6th of October some of the charities that we're supporting this year, I think you'll be, you'll be moved. I promise you, especially one of the ones that I did, you'll be very moved. So £3 from every text... Go straight to the charity, helping to change young lives. You've got until midday on the 6th of October to enter. Keep the phone handy, because it could be yours that's ringing. Standard network rate supply. You need to be over 18. You're playing across all participating stations. And a full list, rules and date restrictions, are at lbc.co.uk. So to be in with a chance of winning seven nights at luxurious Sandals Resort with all these restaurants and the pools and just everything. And everything's inclusive. Your drink, your food, your entertainment, your land, your water sports, everything. You don't have to pay for a penny piece. You text BARBADOS, B-A-R-B-A-D-O-S, and send it to 84850. BARBADOS, 84850. And I thank you in advance for for the nice gesture that you've made and for the good that you can do. £3 goes a long way. We can make that work in so many different ways and on so many different levels. So thank you in advance. And I'll keep my fingers crossed that it's you who gets that fantastic holiday. That's just the uh, the incentive. And uh, Barbados seems like a million miles away. But it could be ever closer if it's your name that comes out of the hat. And you stand as much chance as anybody. So why not give it a whirl? And thank you very much indeed in advance. Front pages of the papers. The sun today is the stowaway. Who I told you about, it's some bloke who stowed away from France to Wales. Holidaymaker got home and he found this Ethiopian illegal immigrant in the boot of the Nissan. And um, he crept into the van in Calais. He was arrested in Powys. And presumably, uh, he'll probably get his own house or something very shortly. Just for, How you can stay there for that amount of time is totally beyond me. But that's the front page of The Sun. Also, Meg Me Smile, Harry. This is Prince Harry and Meghan. She went to one part of the arena. He was in another part of the arena. But apparently they're going out together. You'd never know, would you? Uh, Former TOWIE star Pascal Cramar went out with Nick Knowles. Um, I think that was just very briefly, wasn't it? I don't think she's going out. I think he's sort of, you know, he's a bit fickle, Nick. He's He's not particularly bothered. She was sort of moaning. Anyway, I think she's found somebody else now, so... Again, you know, just sort of keeping up the old tradition of the people from Essex, I think. Daily Express this morning. FIFA set to lift the ban on football poppies. I knew they would. I knew they would. Of course they have to. How disgusting. Maddie police need more cash. I don't know for how much longer. I don't know if people have done phone-ins on uh, on LBC about that, deciding how, how much longer we keep going. Or do we just keep funding it full stop? Um... You know, I'm I'm not too sure about that. Uh, also, new EU plot to wreck Brexit. Plan would tie UK to Brussels for decades. And more pictures of dreary old Meghan Markle. I'm getting a bit bored with this. If they're going out, then take her out there and sit with her. Why are you not sitting with her? Why is she in another part of the arena? It doesn't seem any... You know, it, what's the point of this? Stop messing around. Stop growing up, for goodness sake. Ridiculous. Uh, Mo says there's been no Christmas films on TV so far. Last year, they started in August. Really? Obviously not watching very carefully. Uh, most of the skin creams uh, and lotions and potions on QBC are sold on the high street and are well-known brands. Decalor, Elemis, Opie, Liz Earl, Bare Minerals and loads more. QVC is just an easy way to shop. Yes, but we weren't talking about that. We were talking about the ones that feature in the papers, and you see them, and they're not sold in the shops. You can only buy these things if you order sort of mail order. I know that they use well-known brands on QVC. I'm well aware of that. I have seen it before, you know. I do have television. I'm well aware of what they sell and uh, all the other ones. But many of, the, uh, many of the things are sort of one-offs, and you never see them again. I've never seen that other stuff which cleans your makeup off. It might be sold in some little uh, independent chemist. I've got no idea. I tend not to buy makeup for some strange reason. Uh, Daily Mail today, uh, the march of the GP receptionist's. Uh, could I have an appointment? What do you want? Um, is it possible to no? Um, could could I could could I see, see see the doctor? Are you registered here? I think so. Uh, well, what's the matter with you? I don't know. Are you medically qualified? I'm not going to tell you. Um, well, no, no, three weeks. Except the doctor can see. I need to see somebody today. Oh, well, you can't. He's busy. Well, do you have anybody else? No. That's what they're doing now. Apparently, receptionists are trained now to cut down the number of appointments. I think they should have a trap door there. And you just go, you want to see the doctor? "Shh, don't think so. You know, and you disappear into a tank full of piranha underneath the doctor's surgery. Because, But I thought they were always like that. Not in my surgery. Mine are brilliant. I go in there and I go, I need to see somebody now. And then you go, look. And you lift up your shirt. and They go, oh, my God, we'll get somebody out to you straight away. Or failing that, if you've got sort of heart palpitations or you've got a problem there with pain, they'll see you very quickly. But normally speaking, you know, they, they sort of say, well, I can fit you in next week. 11 o'clock? I can't do 11. 11.30? I can't do 11.30. I have to have to do something in the afternoon. Well, I haven't got anything in the afternoon. Um, well, I'll tell you what, give me a ring. All mine are very good. They say, give, give us your number. And if something comes in quickly, we'll give you a ring because I'm only around the corner. So it's not too difficult. But they want to do that. They want to stop because some people go in there in time waste. What's, what's the matter with you? I've got a bit of a cold. Go to the chemist. Go to the chemist. Go and buy something. I, I don't feel very well. What's the matter? I don't know. Well, what is it? A, a blocked nose. Go to the chemist. Wasting our time. Oh, some people are dreadful. No, only go to the to the doctor if it's something serious. You know, I mean, if I mean, I do see people who are who look. Bit, i don't want to sit next to anybody who's sneezing at a doctor's surgery thing. If you've got a cold, you go to the chemist. I've got. A, what have you got for me? You know, something that'll keep it at bay, anything like that. So you know, it's it's a case of go there, but don't time waste. I think some people just go there because they're lonely. Uh, Derek is in Hackney, and uh, there is another broadcaster called Steve Allen. It's quite a common name, I'm led to believe. Of course, he's working on a station with no audience. OK, so we don't worry about things like that. And uh, why did the BBC allow it? It's like somebody call themselves Tony. Well, if it's somebody's name, you know, then that's how it works. And he's not on at the same time as me. Don't a stupid, honestly. He's on right now, is he? See, but nobody even knows about him. Nobody even knows about him. And uh, Derek, you're in Hackney. Your life is going nowhere. 84850, oh, steve at lbc.co.uk. Daily Star this morning, the poppy shirt victory for England is good. And they'll wear them against Germany. Did you see the other day on the television? I have to mention it. They went to somewhere, was it Ibs? In a field, they discovered a shaft, which has led down to all the underground workings from the wars, all the tunnels. Uh, A lot of them are navigable. Some of them, the roof has fallen in, and they found staircases, they found all sorts. They found the machines that pump the air in, which is absolutely brilliant. And uh, they took the cameras down there, and I thought, my. There's things underground that you're not even aware about, but they they actually uh, served a very useful purpose. On one of them, they discovered the Germans had a bomb, which was underground, ready to blow them up. So what they did, they sort of, they carefully opened it up and they set it off in the German side. So, and there's this huge crater. I mean, it is absolutely enormous. I mean, absolutely unbelievable. Ed Sheeran, off to America, a US gig. Gabby Logan has admitted to being so hungry she once ate a bag of dog biscuits. Can you eat dog? I think you can eat dog. Can't you eat dog food? Did somebody say to me once you can? Because it's only sort of chunks of meat from which animal? I'm never too sure. I worry about things like that. I see that Dermato Dreary has launched his new children's book inside London Zoo. Lovely. Uh, John Bishop will not have to knock down the stables he built for four rescued horses. He got into trouble uh, for actually putting these things in the wrong place, but the planning officials have now waved aside a neighbour's complaints. God, that's nice. doesn't happen very often, does it? does it? Generally speaking, planning officials get the worst press, don't they? They always say, oh, you tri- you come up against the planning people. They go, yeah. I think sometimes they get, no, you can't build that. But we're living in it. Well, you can't. Didn't get permission, did you? You put up something completely different. It- Do you work in the doctor's surgery? Are you a receptionist? You can't have that house there. It's three inches too big. What? Yeah, you'll have to take the whole thing down and lower it. I've seen that before on Grand Designs. I felt so sorry for them. They would worked so hard to make sure it was good. But they had flouted the law. So if you flout the law, you've got to change things.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. 12 minutes to uh, 7. Picture on the front page of the Daily Star this morning of the poppy shirt victory for England. Uh, which I, I knew they'd have to reverse that decision. I never quite understood what was the matter with FIFA. I think they're mad as a barrel load of frogs, I think. Also a picture of Ola Jordan going out to some event wearing... I don't know what you were wearing, dear, but, you know, if you were trying to create the impression of somebody who advertises in phone boxes, you've done it very well indeed. And she went to a charity event looking like that. God, in heaven! I tell you, no sense of the occasion whatsoever. That's why they don't bother with her, really. Uh, Daily Mirror, Gloria Huniford has got uh, her amazing story, it's her autobiography, my hell on the IRA death list, and a stalker who haunted her for five years. You get all sorts of things like that in radio. There was one, actually, there was some woman called Blue Tulip or something who claimed she was married to somebody. Again, mad, completely. Uh, Debbie, how I stay in shape at 58? The answer is, I think she's fit anyway. When I say fit, I don't mean that in any derogatory sense, because I've known Debbie McGee for, for ages and ages, but... I think she's. she just does exercise. She always did exercise. Always did exercise. And she does gardening now. Well, I mean, you can. You've got to watch your back, though. If you've got a bad back, you can sort of put that out. Also, the Tory MP moaning I can't claim Poppy Day exes. He gets 80 grand a year but complains about spending £175 on wreaths for the fallen. Uh, this is Andrew Bridgen, who said there are huge costs which can't be claimed. It's a trouble, isn't it? It's like being on a gravy train for, for these people. And uh, inside, uh, he has a, a bit of divorce fight going on. He's told the court he's got no money, but his home is uh, is worth £2 million. Good laws. And he's got a house. His, uh, he's, he's, uh, his new love is a singer called Nevins. And, uh, and then there's a picture of the ex-wife, who's called Jacqueline. And uh, he just... They just come out. There's something the matter with these people, isn't there? When you think to yourself, you're doing everything and you're earning sort of, you know, 80,000 pound a year and you're moaning about 175 quid on poppies. Well, don't bother then. Don't bother. Uh, Also, Labour at Brighton there. I noticed one of the BBC correspondents had to have a, a police guard because of threats against her. Which is absolutely... Honestly, these, these lunatics on the internet now, the trolls, you get them all over the place. First of all, Frank Bruno, who's going through his own personal hell, gets trolled by people. And then he gets it from the people living next door to him, he thinks they're trying to take his water. And so he's selling up. He's he's had enough. He's moving on. Uh, the ethical case against wool, Ditch the Jumpers. I'll tell you, I saw a programme a short while ago, and I think it was looking at the... The islands, the Outer Hebrides and things like that. And the Outer Hebrides, I mean, it, it's quite nice. If you want to go back to nature, they do all this sort of things. And they they have sheep and then they knit Fair Isle jumpers. Have you seen the price of Fair Isle jumpers? They're fen- but when the cruise ships come in, they go to the Fair Isles and in the local little village hall, they sell their, their jumpers. They're like a few hundred pounds each. I mean, they're beautiful. They Don't get me wrong, they're beautiful. I've never, never possessed anything as luxurious as a Fair Isle jumper. You know, a proper Fair isle jumper. And these ones there, and they had a price of £320. And the cruise ships come in, and you're buying something that's basically a one-off work of art. Terribly clever. But I'm, I'm, I was only thinking about it, because they were talking about ethical cases against wool. Well, the sheep need shearing. You know, you can't... Otherwise, sheep will be falling over themselves. You know, and also, in the middle of the summer, they don't want to be wearing this heavy coat, so it's all sheared off. So I don't think there's any problem with actually shearing sheep and then using the wool. What are you going to do, throw it away? Uh, also, taking a kneel, the NFL players at Wembley hitting back at Donald Trump. As I say, how many more people he can upset, I've got no idea. Also, only 3%, the Guardian tell us today, of the UK's most powerful are from ethnic minorities. So that's, uh, that's very low indeed. Uh, plus, Merkel's fourth term win marred by the rise of the far right. So you've got to put up with Nazis and we've got Donald Trump and we've got Kim Jong-un. Can life get any worse? Probably not. Probably not. Front page of the Eye this morning, David Davis, the plan to become PM. And uh, if Theresa May is forced from office, the Brexit secretary is ready to mount a bid. Uh, there's no doubt in anybody's mind that David would go for it. He thinks he'd do a better job. He's orders his supporters to avoid conflict with Downing Street. Uh, plus, what else we've got? Britain's most shocking exercise statistic. The answer is we're not doing it. We can't be bothered. It's a case of, you know, exercise. I'll do it tomorrow. I can't think of any reason for making exercise appealing to people. I do try and walk. Well, I walk to the bus stop, you know, but I, I never I never walk upstairs unless it's very, very occasionally, very occasionally. Steve, do you realise today sunrise 651 sunset at 1851? So we're dead in the middle today. Twelve hours daylight. Twelve hours darkness. I don't mind that. Is it very dark out there? Oh, it's awfully dark and gloomy out there. There now. What you see is a doorway to a place of enchantment. A pla- oh, go away. <laughs> Not the bloody chimney sweep, say They're mad, aren't they? Chimney sweeps up on the rooftops of London. Cor, oh, what a sight. Chim, chim. Oh, sorry. I get a bit carried away with these musicals at this time. It is Monday. I man, for goodness sake, you're supposed to do something, aren't you? If you don't, you know, if, if you can't make a living talking to yourself, what can you do nowadays? I was walking. I was waiting. Sorry, A and E after a motorcycle accident, says Ezra. And a guy came in and wanted to see someone. As he wanted his prescription for aspirin. Oh, blah. Actually, no, that might not be as far fetched as you think, because I have aspirin in my prescription, which is used for uh, for hearts. But to be honest with you, I mean, some people are just tight. You know, you can go out and buy aspirin. It's not going to make any difference if I buy aspirin because it comes as part of my prescription. But I, I can understand that. That's the only reason I mention it is because I'm on aspirin as well, <laughs> together with loads of other bits and pieces. I was looking at it the other day, actually. And people say, when I went to the hospital to get the eyes done. And she said, do you know what medication you're on? I thought, do I know what medication I'm on? And so I produced my box of tablets. And she went, oh, you're very organised. I went, yeah. Kind of have to be. When I go in on Wednesday for the, uh, for the operation, um, you've got to take your medication in with you. But they've said you don't have to stop taking anything. Whereas for the heart operation last time, I had to stop taking little bits and pieces. Times this morning, the courses, the good university guide that will land you a job. Difficult, isn't it, nowadays? Very difficult. Merkel win, eclipsed by resurgence of the far right, anti-migrant party, gains first seats for 50 years. And uh, here's the BBC political editor, who's called Laura. And she's at the Labour Party conference with the Corporation Security Consultant, an ex-soldier and bodyguard. Hey, ridiculous, isn't it? When the correspondent goes to parties' uh, conference and she takes a bodyguard with her, would it not be easy to send somebody else? You know, do you think, I mean, is, is, there, is the cost... I mean, obviously, they have a, do they have a sense of duty? I don't know how it works. I suppose they do, really. But uh, she's, had, um, she's had threats by online trolls. Well, I hope that they're prosecuting these online trolls. It's very easy to do. It's not uh, not difficult nowadays. Parkinson sufferers denied key drug and uh, driverless cars to take up to 20 years to become a common start. I don't want to be in a driverless Would you ever want to be in a driverless car? No, thank you. Definitely not. Uh, also, a retired Oxford professor has been mauled to death and partly eaten by a pack of stray dogs whilst on holiday in Greece, out of all places to go to. Uh, plus, the credibility of an expert witness put up by the pharmaceutical industry has been shot down by an NHS watchdog in a legal row over drug pricing, and the poppy ban lifted. England's football players are set to wear poppies on their kit for their friendly international on Remembrance Day this year after FIFA agreed to relax the ban. About time too, first decent thing FIFA have done actually. They're so mad, aren't they? All these people. Uh, front page of the uh, Telegraph: Boris, simple-minded. Harry's girlfriend. Is she really? Is she re- why wasn't she sitting with him? I mean, are we supposed to read something in? Is there something the matter with them? Are they sort of. Is there some reason why she couldn't sit with him? Is it because, you know, she's already said that they're going out together? Is he. Perhaps he's in denial. Perhaps he doesn't want to marry her. Perhaps he's keeping her as sort of, you know, a bit on the side. I don't know. I just don't understand why. She goes to his Invictus Games and they don't sit together. What's the point of that? Very odd. Uh, FIFA backing down, front page of the Telegraph this morning. And Merkel triumphant, but Germany's far-right stirs, plus the US ambassador warning the UK over defence cuts. This is the new American ambassador to London. In an exclusive interview with the Telegraph, uh, Robert Woody Johnson, who's taken up his position as Donald Trump's envoy to the UK, warned that Britain might not be spending enough on defence to fulfil its global role. And an interview with um, the daughter of Ted Hughes and Sylvia Plath, until I was fourteen, she says, "I thought I was adopted. Imagine imagine listen, uh, that's it for this morning. Thank you very much indeed for your company. I hope you have a pleasant Monday. I'm sure you will have actually. I think I think Monday's going to be a good day, but it is it's definitely dark out there, isn't it? Darker than usual, ladies and gentlemen. So you enjoy your Monday. I'd take an umbrella, but I think it should brighten up a little bit later on, and I'll be back with you tomorrow morning. You can follow me on Twitter at Steve Allen show, okay at Steve Allen Show. And you can listen to LBC whenever you want, wherever you are. Go to our website. Do go to the website. It's lbc.co.uk. You can download the free, free LBC app for your mobile or tablet and never miss a moment with our LBC Catch-Up app. Leading Britain's conversation at 10 this morning. It's going to be my new roommate. James O'Brien, because he said he said I can I can move in there if if sort of the arm gets worse or the legs get worse. I'm going to make sure it gets worse. Coming up next, though, with breakfast this morning on LBC, it's Nick Ferrari.
0: If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4 a.m. Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5 a.m.